Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eric Step here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. 
Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Started. Hello, I'm Danny B. Talks. I host this YouTube channel. You're watching NASCAR Looking Podcast, presented by Moby. We're so happy to have them as part of the show this year. Uh, one thing I want to say, I'm really excited to have Moby on as one of our partners because they do offer a great variety of products for getting your beards trimmed up. Most of us guys are very bearded fellas, uh, so we do need to have Moby on our side to trim us up and keep us looking nice. And Eric is rocking that sweet toboggan right there <laughs> yeah what i well that's sort of a modified of- look here but yeah moby's hooked us up moby's a uh, fantastic their, their beard trimmers available at walmart's nationwide you can check the link out down in the description below to find where they're in stock nearest you or to order online it's fantastic as as danny just said three of the four podcasts so we have very nice clean refined beards and that's largely thanks to the power of the moby beard trimmer and yeah this hat i was not prepared. i need to give this hat to Jarrett because it's like what 45 degrees in that garage right now uh, 44. I'm going to give them the quick rundown. So when I got here, the, the, you know, with the, I, we hadn't had the heat on because this is my grandparents' place. They're down in Florida where I should have stayed. And it was 33 when I got here. So I have a space heater running back there. It's now 44 degrees here. And right before we went live, I go take these off. Well, these are not supposed to be in the cold, I guess. This whole thing snapped off. Oh, uh, so I'm going to be sitting here holding this like an air traffic control person. Uh, so just a drive through. I was going to say, you look uh, like you're getting ready to like take my order right now. Uh, no, the ice cream machine still is broken. broken. So uh, I would like uh, a Moby beard trimmer to go, please make it, make it snappy. Jared's barely got working headphones. Me and Darian don't have the luxury of using headphones because we're sitting here together. Mm-hmm. So we've got to keep the audio cranked down to like, 30 something so if you ever see us having to stop just to hear these guys that might be why uh but hey in full transparency i hope the stream is going good it looks like it's going pretty good on Darren's yeah, in here yeah. uh full transparency guys outside of you danny b talk to youtube i have a full-time job where i run a youtube channel for a great brand uh but unfortunately old danny b has to use obs for work too and uh well your boy ended up starting a nascar podcast on a on a Christian news channel with 400,000 subscribers. <laughs> Luckily, it was unlisted. No we're, one saw it. Yeah. We're, that going full Morgan. we're going full Morgan Shepherd. We're racing for the Lord. <laughs> and then yeah. we went live again, and then the auto start wasn't enabled, and then you just enabled it again. So, so. This is the first time it's been hosted on my channel this year. We all got to have some technical difficulties, but we're back on the road, and let's get straight into it. Daytona 500 review, three-fourths, well, I guess... 
four-fifths of us, I'm sure Ryan is also <laughs> down there in that area, were down there for the Daytona 500. I was not. So next-gen performance overall, what did we think? Let's get a review from Darian first and foremost. Man, I thought, I mean, like, first off, just seeing these cars in person, like, I mean, the only time I saw these next-gen cars in person was at the Daytona test, and now seeing, you know, the finished products, you know, the paint schemes and all that stuff, a lot of them, they looked so damn gorgeous uh, in person. And then once the racing begun, um, you know, at first, the first few laps, I was getting some 2000 Daytona vibes, vibes, not because of, like, the racing aspect, but because the Fords were absolutely dominating the early portion of the 500 there. I mean, you had Brad Kozlowski and the rest of the Fords just, you know, running the choo-choo, you know, the famous choo-choo on the outside <laughs> lane there. But then Kyle Busch was starting to get the inside lane going. And once the pack racing got going, man, we saw a little bit of everything. You know, straight up pack racing. We saw some, saw some two-car tandems every now and then. Um, but then, you know, once the race got really wild, though, Oh my goodness, you know, you just had the Harrison Burton flip there, you had, you know, a few few other wrecks, you know, some chaos or whatever. Um, and then later on in the race, too, you had Joey Logano, you know, stuck in the infield. Oh, yeah. It was kind of similar to, to Ryan being stuck in the infield at last year's race, the Xfinity race. Yeah, everybody was cheering like, yeah, he finally got out and stuff. <laughs> but uh, also, we'll touch more on this later. You know, we had a bit of a tire gate, you know, situation. You know, we had two t- so had tires, you know, leaving cars left and right. And I just find it ironic, you know, the money team, you know, you know, it's like, hey, we're the money team and stuff, already becoming a meme early. And then in like a little, you know, a little part or whatever. You know, their tire just starts flying or whatever. The money team gets costed some cash money for their moves in the race. Exactly, too. exactly. So, I mean, but overall, man, this was one of the best 500s I've seen. It was like, this was personally my third Daytona 500 I've been to in person. And it was great to actually see a normal one. Like, as soon as I woke up that morning, I was like, yes, it's not going to rain. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's I wasn't there, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Danny was like a <laughs> bad luck charm or whatever. But, yeah, overall, thought the 500 was awesome. Well, what did you think, Eric? I mean, yeah, it was a blast. It was my first Daytona 500. I feel like I picked, I got lucky and picked a good one to go to. New car, great weather, one of the largest in-person crowds at Daytona in the last several years. It was an incredible atmosphere, and I thought the racing was was really good, really competitive. I thought, yeah, the Fords, as they did most of the weekend, seemed to work the best together. They're also the most aggressive pushers. We saw with Keselowski getting in trouble a couple of times. But late in the race, you had some Toyotas up there. Bubba Wallace has proven once in time, time and time again, this is not his Daytona, or his Talladega win last fall was not a fluke. Second, first, and second in his last three super speedway races. I know he was like second in his dual race last year as well. So he's emerged as one of the best super speedway racers. So you had him and Kyle Busch up there to mix things up. Stenhouse leading the outside lane at the with like 10 laps to go till he got spun you had a lot of interesting stories up at the front of the field and obviously a rookie in just his eighth start for penske gets the win i like will talk more about Cindric in a moment but i thought it was great what do you think ryan no yeah i thought it was a really good uh, introduction to the next gen era um i think everyone kind of had the same fear going into it that it was going to turn into what the 2013 race was uh we had a good idea as to what this car drafted like uh, from the tests, uh, there was a lot of excitement kind of around seeing how uh, aggressive Denny Hamlin was in the tests. I'm surprised he wasn't nearly as aggressive in this one, but then again, he, he only had about 63 laps to show his show his cards. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really get to see that. But uh, the biggest takeaway that I see from this is it's almost like if you took, it's, it's almost like the mix of three packages. And I, I'm going to say this. It reminds me of if you put the 2016 Cup play package, the 2020 Cups super speedway package. And then if you took the early 2000s and gave it like an early 2000s shape, 
that's the way this race felt. It felt like it had a little bit of everything. The new car seems to handle very well. It seems to run very well in the draft. It didn't look like Arrow necessarily hurts these cars because obviously, yeah, you're in the draft, but you still got to worry about being air, about arrow washed and stuff like that. It seemed like that was kind of not too much, not too bad. Um, so I think there's just a lot of positives out of this. Obviously, it has some issues that do need to be taken care of, but you'll have that with any new car. Ryan, of the races that are coming up in the next few weeks, you know, this is when we're going to get the proper chance to really see what these, these cars can truly do. Obviously, Daytona, I think everyone still thinks it's going to race like Daytona as it should, and then the clash was just something in and of itself. So what 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 tracks are you most looking forward to seeing how this car uh, performs to really get a true idea of the true potential of this car? So the two that I have in mind are the two-mile and mile-and-a-half opens. Uh, NASCAR has been really pushing heavily to try and improve the racing product, give us an exciting racing product that the fans in the stands and on TV are going to enjoy uh, in 2018, we had a product that was very raw racing. It was very aggressive. Like the guys were hanging it out. It was very fun for the drivers. But if you were an average race fan who hadn't been to a race and you go to these tracks and you saw these guys get spread out by 5, 10, 15, even 20 seconds between each car, you know, it's definitely a little tough. So NASCAR probably tried to compensate for that over the last few years. We kind of know how that went. Uh, so they're trying to find that middle ground. Uh, they wanted to add downforce without really hurting the cars around them. And that's where I think the underbody is going to help the overall racing product. So um, Fontana, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest test because it's a two-mile over. It's worn out. So there's going to be tire fall off. But it's also going to be very um, impe- important on the aerodynamic side. So um, I'm pretty interested to see how that goes. Um but it's going to be an interesting test, especially when these guys start having to hang these cars out. I think Darlington's also going to be very interesting. Well, I got to say that, um, you know, kind of going back to uh, the 500 and the finish there, seeing a rookie get his first win uh, at the Daytona 500 for me, that, that just felt really cool to see in person. You know, like Michael McDowell last year was really cool to see, and he was a big underdog. But, it's you know, for all we know, this could be the start of an amazing career because Austin Sindrick has shown he's pretty good, not just at super speedways, but at road courses and in general in the Xfinity series has been really good. And I just wanted to bring this up. I believe and chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time the blue deuce uh, or at least the two car for Roger Penske has won a Daytona 500 because Rusty Wallace didn't win one. Uh, Kurt Busch didn't win one with the team and Brad Keselowski has not won one. Uh, so as soon as Brad Kozlowski leaves, the car wins. Correct. Yeah. For this race, Ryan Newman and Joey Logano were the only two Penske drivers to win a day, 2500. Mm-hmm. 12 and 22. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah. I, I thought that was something really cool. And it wasn't it Roger Penske's birthday? It was. Wow. Yeah. Or, it it was. just recently been. Now also too, to add more to that, you know, this whole Penske deal. So like while we had one Penske driver, you know, had, you know, he had the 
the uh, the race of his life. Another guy wasn't too happy with him, Ryan Blaney. Now after the race and stuff, like I saw him like getting out of his car and stuff, and like you could tell he was just pissed. You know, like he was just this Did close you hear to the, the five hundred. Yeah, the radio was. Cool. Yeah, yeah, the radio. I was just about to yeah. say. Whoa, I was just about whoa, to say Blaney, the radio. Whoa. He said, "I'm gonna effing kill that kid." <laughs> like after finishing P four, but even in his uh, even in one of his post race interviews on Twitter, uh, he didn't even mention Cedric by name. He was just saying like, "Oh, I'm just happy for Team Penske or whatever." He was just not. <laughs> Like, I'm happy for Penske. Yeah. I'm happy for the two team. I'm happy happy for you know X, Y, and Z million people. Really good, really happy for that team. I <laughs> mean, look at it this way. For the last few years, Ryan Blaney has been, you know, the young guy at Penske. You know, he, he's seen as, you know, the next up and coming talent. And then, you know, he's starting to get a little age on him. He's thinking, Oh, I might actually have a chance to go win a Daytona Fever. New kid on the block shows up. Yeah. It's mine. Give me that. You're second fiddle now, boy. That's what's, crazy. what's even more difficult for Blaney is he's finished second in the 500 twice. Remember, mm-hmm. like 2020, he had that race, maybe not one, but then when Newman went spinning, he has he was clear in the clear, and then Hamlin swooped in at the last second with the momentum and beat him. So he's been so close a couple other times already that I think this just adds insult to injury. He's always right there. We know he's great at super speedways because he's won a super, he won the last time we were at Daytona last summer. So to lose to your teammate with an aggressive, arguably dirty move. I think that just that just adds to it. I think one of the things that's going to happen with Blaney here, and this might be like a hot take, I think we may have like kind of a similar situation to what happened with like Dale Earnhardt. Obviously, Dale Earnhardt was a very uh, prominent super speedway racer, won a ton of super speedway races. Ryan Blaney has already proven to be a force to be reckoned with on super speedways. We just seen it again. Can't win the the one, the race, the one that everybody wants. So. I wonder how many years it'll take for Ryan Blaney, A, to win the 500, because I feel like he's going to win it eventually, but, but he's still got how long time. will it take? Yeah. But who how doesn't have plenty of time, though, is Brad Gazlowski. <laughs> Let's talk about him for a second. Oh, my god. Because he's another guy you can say that for, but with a lot less years than Ryan Blaney. Dude, but uh, on Sunday, man, he was a freaking weapon, man. He took Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s place as, like, the regular. Like, I mean, if you were in his Stenhouse way, you were just getting pushed. Him. Yeah, Stenhouse trashed him. <laughs> yeah, like when Stenhouse trashes you, had that that you didn't do good. Hey, I gotta say, this watching that on TV, I felt bad for Stenhouse because I felt like he was actually running a pretty smart race, pretty clean. To be mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I didn't see him doing anything too stupid out there. No. And then he just, you know, I, I guess some people could say, oh, it's payback for all those years. But you know what, Stenhouse didn't do anything bad that yeah. day. I looked at what Brad was doing, and it sounds like based on what other drivers were saying, and since we have a driver here, he, obviously you can chime in, Ryan, if I'm way off on this, but obviously he was aggressively pushing people, especially in that outside lane. But I also wonder if some of it was he just had maybe the best car in the field. He led the most laps. He won his dual race. The Fords were fast as a group. Obviously a Penske, well, he's not a Penske car anymore, never mind. But, you know, Ford won the race, obviously. So I almost wonder if it was just harder for him to lay off people's bumper compared to others. Or he maybe that's what made him in his mind feel like he could be more aggressive. I still think he made just a, a showed a lack of awareness when he had a rookie in front of him, almost spinning out three laps before and then continue to push him. I think that was a lack of awareness, but like the Stenhouse deal, obviously aggressive, but maybe he couldn't help it because his car was just that good. <laughs> I mean, that sometimes can be a problem. I mean, I, we, we experienced it a lot when we were in the draft at, in the Xfinity race, obviously different package, different, totally different race car, but you know, when we all get single file doing the choo-choo train against doing the conga line up top, uh, sometimes you'll get in a situation where you have a really fast car, like right behind you, or you yourself are a really fast car. And then you have these big runs. Obviously, it's up to you as to what you do with it. I had a driver behind me when we were doing the conga line. 
plow in my rear bumper that's going down the straightaways. So, and that to me is like, okay, so that tells me either A, he kind of wants to try and move forward, or B, maybe he's just kind of like not ready for these checkups. But anyways, kind of going back to like Brad Keselowski and kind of like what he was doing, the biggest thing that I noticed with like the next gen car is it's not necessarily like how the previous gen, how you kind of choose a lane, whatever lane kind of forms up as, as most dominant. No, you need to actually like build energy in each lane. There was no clear dominant lane. It was either the bottom had the most energy or the top had the most energy. And if you were pushing, you were going to pull that line essentially with you. We saw it. If two cars, the two lead cars push, it would drag the other eight, nine, ten cars behind them with them. So I think that's kind of what Brad Kozlowski was trying to do. Um, but obviously, you never know. Well, let's talk about something that didn't go right when they was in the draft. And, you know, Austin Sendrick might have won this race, but originally he was not supposed to be in a two-car. He was going to be in a 21. Instead, the guy who was in a 21 did not do what he was hoping to. My boy. That car, we actually... We saw two cars go airborne. We'll talk about the other one when we get to the Xfinity race. Uh, but Harrison Burton becomes the first driver to flip in a next-gen car. And uh, I'll, I'll, I saw a few people mention this online, and I kind of want to get your all's takes on this. With the undercarriage of this car being flat as can be, someone even suggested this might even, if the wind catches it, might act as basically... Kind of like a wind flap. It could basically help lift the car because it's so flat under there. What do you guys think about this? If a car has enough momentum, is that a concern for NASCAR, actually? Well, I believe the, like with the wreck that that, <clears throat> that uh, Harrison Burton had, I can't remember who it was, but someone was saying that like a lot of the heavy contact made to the back was the reason why the flap on the diffuser didn't go down, which I feel like like you see you saw when cars went around and that went down and it kept the cars on the ground. So like I don't think it's gonna be a huge um a huge problem overall compared to any other package. I mean, literally every single package at a super speedway you can look back at since we got plates on them or mm-hmm. or super speedway packages have had flips. Um so I don't I don't really think it's gonna be as huge of a problem as a lot of people are saying. But I do think that once that car does catch air, uh if if that flap doesn't go down enough time, like they they will probably do some sort of flip the way that Harrison Burton had. I, I want to say really quick for we talk more about it. He did really, really well for the mm-hmm. amount of race yes. he was in. He was up front like Absolutely. the entire time. Mm-hmm. So he was good in his dual races too, I remember thinking. He was yeah. competitive. He was looking like an early factor. He was, factor. He was looking like a uh, early race factor, definitely. People sure. thought we was going to see another Trevor Bain story. There. Yeah, for a moment. And I even had him on my fantasy team. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. You know? <laughs> that yeah. fantasy team work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me during the race. He's like, yeah, my fantasy team's kind of cursed. And I looked like racked, racked, racked. Yeah, yeah. I had Tyler down. Reddick, Denny Hamlin, and uh, Harrison Burton all crashed out on the team. You have a habit of doing that, though. You have a habit of, like, like causing like I, that. Hey, even Kyle Larson, yeah. I was like, hey, Kyle Larson doing well on a super speedway? Whoa. And then, like, five laps later. You should know better. You should know better. Well, even Sam Mayer was, like, calling me. I was like, bro, stop. So, stop (laughs) tweeting about this. Just don't, please, if we're running in the top ten ever, just don't acknowledge it until it's over. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll just just keep quiet, definitely. (laughs) Brian's going to have a JD Motorsports PR person secretly sitting behind you in the stands just waiting to watch that phone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the, the Harrison Burton flipped. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, 
I guess it, as flips go, it felt like a fairly gentle one, obviously. Anytime a car gets up in the air, you know, you're on the risk of getting hit in a really bad spot. The cars aren't really designed to be airborne upside down. But uh, I don't know if you've talked to him, Ryan, or if you've heard like his reaction afterwards, but at least you know, it, it, all things considered, it went about as well as you could hope for, you know, with some of the scarier X we saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been able to talk to Harrison. I was able to talk to Maya, which I'll, I'll, we'll get to later, but um, obviously he literally lives right below me. Um, but uh, no, the way that I see that wreck happening is essentially like the biggest thing that we need to take away from this is this race, the Daytona 500, was the most aggressive stress test on the car. We've tested the car. We've ran single car runs. We've done small packs. We've done road courses. We've taken them to a dirt track, but we haven't raced them like this at a super speedway at a high speed racetrack. This was the ultimate stress test. Like we have these wheels breaking and stuff like that. You won't have that at the clash because we're just not going fast enough. We're not having all the load and all the wear and tear. You know, this is some of the fastest that a, a race car with this kind of suspension setup has gone on an oval ever. So now this is like that race was a first for a lot of things technology wise and um, uh, race dynamic wise, I guess you could say. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see how it all kind of came together. You saw the mechanical failures, but you also saw some of the faults. Okay, Harrison gets hit, that uh, diffuser flap didn't open. How do we fix that? How do we make sure that it opens at all times? So, I mean, again, this was the ultimate stress test. The cars were definitely stress tested. Um, and I think coming into Talladega slash the August Daytona race, we'll, have, we'll see some decent changes, I would guess. So, you mentioned parts breaking. I think we want to talk about the wheel instance real quick. Yeah, so yeah, ask about 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 suspensions for those crew chiefs. But yeah, the money team, because the weird thing was that both instances looked different. Like the money team, mm-hmm. it looked like just a loose lug nut of some sort. Um, but then in the second case with Haley, that might have been all it was. But the way the, the actual wheel itself seemed almost like split, just seemed to crumble almost, could have been something different as you just said, Ryan, like stress testing these cars at Daytona, was that maybe all this, this was, what do you guys think? Well, the weird thing about, I believe it was the Haley one. It happened like right in front of Darian and I, mm-hmm. like the, the inside of the wheel just popped out just while he was driving by while the rest of the wheel stayed on. It was the weirdest yeah. thing to watch. Cause like, we just, we see him go by and we see some smoke. We're like, Oh, Oh, another wheel. And all of a sudden we, we just, we see the rest of the wheel rolling past us. Yeah, it went all the way like, to the inside yeah, barriers. Because it was just literally an open tire, nothing in there. Mm-hmm. That's why I was really confused that his crew actually got penalized for that. I'm <laughs> like, what? They, I don't think they did anything, did they? Yeah. That, that looked more like a failure on Goodyear. I, I don't know. I guess in theory, if the lug nut was... I don't even know. Is it called a lug nut? What is it called? But if it was a nut. It's still... It's still uh, it, it's some i've heard some in like sports car racing call it calling it like the wheel nut or something like that the wheel <laughs> the nut, wheel yeah nut. it's just a nut let's just get nutty okay you know there's still a chance if it was like a little bit a nut it, it rattled something and, and split something that way i don't i don't know but he obviously nascar determined that it was i feel like wheel comes off it's a pretty much textbook you're suspended for four races or the crew chief tire changer yeah but you know it's one of those cases that like you know, we knew it was going to happen at some point this year. We didn't, we didn't know it happened in the very first race. So yeah. it's one of those things that NASCAR went to only one. So mess around and find out, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> 
mess around and find out nascar like a bouncer at a club <laughs> I'm, i mean that, that's what they're going into it this year yeah you know? pretty mess much. around you're gonna well, find uh, out we'll pretty talk fine. about that we'll talk about the, the well, other wheel penalties later because they didn't follow that same philosophy for that uh, one. i feel oh, yeah. like you remember that you remember those old memes carnation would make where it have like michael waltrip and it have like the glock in his hand like mess around and find <laughs> out that's nascar now <laughs> mess around and find out i think there was even a ryan vargas version of that i think so yeah. there was there was there was one from my the, favorite was the rusty the... walrus version oh yeah that was <laughs> Oh my god! Um, yeah, someone made one of me in the at, at the condo from the Roval race. I was standing there with my phone. That's what it is. Phone, right? yes. <laughs> oh man, T- top tier comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Wait. let's talk. Uh, getting away from top tier comedy, let's talk about top tier spectacles. What was it like? For you guys, seeing 150,000 fans at Daytona Speedway. Here, I'll go first. And it was absolutely spectacular. And also, I mean, like, just to put in, add more context, this was my third 500 in person. And, you know, the other two, 2020, I had to leave early because of the whole weather situation. And, that was, and then 2021, it didn't end until, like, 2 a.m. And even then, it was a COVID crowd. Yeah, it was basically so, like, that wasn't, like, a real 500 yet. So, like, this was actually my first real in-person 500 where there was no weather issues. You had, you know, sold-out crowd and stuff. It was amazing seeing all those people, and especially the pre-race stuff, the pre-race festivities that were going on. Just seeing all those people in the infield was absolutely amazing on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And then once we got racing and stuff, just like hearing all the crowd reactions during the racing and stuff. And, and you know, it was kind of funny, too, because Jared and I, we were by, you know, a, a family. And there was this kid who was a Chase Elliott fan. And purposely, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and on purpose, we would cheer for like Kyle Busch and Joey Logano. Oh, no. And the li- well, no, but like the little kid would turn around to us and he would like yell. He would say boo at us and put his fucking you thumbs down. You don't do that to a kid, though. It was funny. But no, but dude, just... Yeah, but just being there in person, man, it was absolutely amazing. It was it was a blast. Oh, man. I just can't get over the image well, of you bullying a kid in the grand. Well, yeah, nobody was bullying. We were just we were just cheering. We Darian's just cheering. a bullying. He's trying to watch a race. He's trying to watch time. a race, and you guys are just taking it. It's probably the first time that kid heard somebody cheer for Kyle Busch. Yeah, no, and Logano. I, I, I want to say this. This is something that I put uh, I put on TV or not TV Twitter Twitter. Um, and it obviously wouldn't have made TV, but they were playing Sweet Caroline in the stands mm. about two hours before, and it was so loud through there. It was amazing, like just hearing all these people. It when I recorded different parts, you know, just taking some videos of, of different laps. The thing that was so cool was seeing how packed the grandstands were. And then I like going back and watching like old races, and it's the same thing. Like yeah. that was what was cool to me. I it's been so long since I can say I've been in that big of a crowd before in the grandstands, and I've been you know walking up to the track and it being that crowded to go in. Um, I guess the closest I, thing we could say to that extent was Nashville Super Speedway. Granted, much smaller crowd, but yeah. it was full. It was full when, capacity for what it when, held. When we're talking like crowd size. I, I want to say that's the biggest crowded NASCAR race I've been to since 2007, like at Michigan, like back when they were selling 150, 160,000. And it had that same feel. There was a buzz in the air. Like just, I don't know how to explain it. Cause I, I haven't had it that much. I had it like the Bristol night race in 2019. I had it before the rain started in 2020 at the 500, but it's like, it, it's just, it's one of those things that you like, you have to be there to understand it. Like, it's a next-gen so, feeling. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it performed really well. It sounded really good, and everyone seemed to be pretty happy in the stands with it. 
I'll, I will say this. I did not notice the number placement once the cars were on track. I just want to say Yeah, that. it wasn't even a factor anymore. I mean, I didn't go to the Daytona 500. I did go to the Clash, and I, get a, I didn't get a chance to even talk about that with these guys. But I got to say the same thing. Once they get racing, you you ignore all that. You ignore the wheels. You ignore the numbers. You're just watching cars racing, same as you always well, have been. I mean, it was hard to, uh, to not notice two of the wheels, at least. Yeah, yeah, that was a different part. Yeah, but it was it was pretty awesome in person. But uh, Danny, I gotta ask you, man, how how bad was the broadcast? Like, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how bad was it, man? Because like on Twitter, everybody was just complaining about the commercials. They missed a lot due to commercials. Uh, (sighs) At one point, there was a big wreck that was happening, and then they were going to a commercial. They were doing like you know that picture and picture commercial and for a second I thought they weren't even going to come back and then they surprised me and actually ended the commercial <laughs> and come back for the wreck. Um, what made me the, the maddest though was Harrison Burton's flip they missed it. <laughs> oh yeah, like like only no Clint one Bo- knew he flipped until minutes after yeah. the wreck ever happened. I heard Clint Boyer was the first one to mention it, like minutes after, right? Like during the replay or whatever. Yes, because the fact I think the Fox broadcasters are having to look more at the screens that we're seeing. That's crazy because they want to be able to commentate on what the fans are seeing on TV. So because of that, we're looking at the front onboard cam of Denny Hamlin pushing into Kyle Busch and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, either, yeah, he's wrecking because I could tell, you know, he wrecked. And then you just see William Byron sliding in. He hits the wall pretty hard, you know. And then they're, they start going through and they start looking at reviews. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, he flipped? What? Yeah, I, I only watched stage two on TV, but what I found was that there was an overabundance. It seemed like there were way more onboard cameras being used in real time much. than I'd ever seen before. And at a place like Daytona, when it's pretty easy to get 15 cars in one shot, why the Show hell would you want so many onboard cameras? Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom. Way too many slow shots. <laughs> not yeah, enough zoom, Jared. It's not enough oh, wait, zoom. Oh, no, sorry. m and Oh, sorry. Wait, no. Do, do the back bumper. That's Gotta do the back bumper. Do oh, the back okay. bumper. Yeah, that, that's what we saw. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Daytona. Daytona 500. Oh, it sounds like <laughs> It also sounds like, like we've always said this about the NBC broadcast, especially when you watch and listen to Dale Jr. and to an extent Jeff Burton and Steve Letarte. It feels like they're out, they're like on the edge of their seat looking down at the track through the window. Whereas we've said this, we said this all last year. It feels like the Fox broadcast is just looking at monitors the whole time. And that causes them to sometimes miss things because their cameras miss things sometimes. That's just the nature of it. And it sounds like this was kind of, they kind of got caught with their hands in the cookie jar. If you didn't realize that they were only looking at TVs before, you now know that's what all they're doing now. And it just takes away. It's not as fun. You're, you don't feel like you're in the moment as well. Well, they were doing an in-person COVID broadcast because that's how they did it in 2020. <laughs> that's exactly. And actually, Noah makes a good point here. I didn't mind it at first, but after I've rewatched the finish a few times, they stuck with the blimp cam all the yeah. way through the across the line. What? Like it, yeah. it was a good view to like start to see the start of the wreck. But usually they cut to that over the shoulder, like looking over the flag stand. The cars are coming in underneath the camera. I don't know why they didn't cut to that because it would have probably been a good view to see the photo finish between Bubba and Cindric. Yeah. Instead, they stuck with the overhead cam, and I just, I just don't think it worked. It felt like I think they still had Artie Kempner or whatever doing the race direction. I believe I heard Mike Joy or somebody credit him as the race director. It looked like a rookie out there. I'll be honest. It didn't look like previous Fox broadcasts we've seen the last few years because hasn't Artie. I feel like I've heard his name for like a decade or more. I feel like he's been doing it a long time. 
I can't help but be like he phoned it in. Like they were afraid to cut to different cameras. They held they held on one shot longer than they should have. It it did not. It was not a good broadcast. Again, I only saw stage two and then a few highlights here and there. But that was just my takeaway watching you know a third of the race on TV. My take. This might be more of a hot take. I know there was a lot of budget increased into their graphics department this year. I and, like the graphics outside of the cartoons. Yeah. I don't even hate the cartoons as much as I did last year. I just yeah, you know. I, I feel like they added more graphics to match the cartoons, if that makes sense. And that's great and all, but I do feel like there was a lot of neglect in the overall race production. The commentary, I actually got to say, I enjoyed the commentary. Uh, did you guys see? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like Mike Joy. Mike Joy agrees with us. He threw he threw the director. This, I saw this that. is what I was trying to segue to, actually. Sorry, apologies. But like, yeah, he tweet, he went on a tangent yesterday. I guess he sees the criticism. Mike Joy sees that he reads social media. I don't think he always interprets it correctly, but he sees what people say on social media. And so he's seen all the criticism, probably a lot about commercials, probably about bad camera angles. And you know, some of them are probably tagging him in these things. And so he wanted to go out and say, it's not our job. Our job is just to call what we see. It's oh, yeah. the producer's job to create the stories and plan <laughs> the commercials. It's the director's job to pick the cameras. I'm like, Mike, what are you doing? You're throwing everyone under the bus. You like, don't care. I, I know like, there is some people that have no clue how it works. So they they might go after sure. the voice that they hear for this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, in, you know, you know, what, this, we had our YouTube problems to start this. That is on me. And I'm also the one talking <laughs> on this show. But, you know, the commentary folks, I think they did their job great. I really actually enjoyed uh, the vibe I felt from Clint and Tony, but that's because they were in that, you know, owner-teammate relationship for so many years, too. Right? No. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Wow. No. He he come in after. So, owner-driver, not teammate. Why am I saying (laughs) that? Anyways, those two had a good relationship established with each other. You could tell much better vibe, much better vibe than Jeff Gordon and Clint and Mike Joy. I like that vibe. We'll see what we get uh, next week with Matt Kenseth. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, we, we have we have we talked about that? I will say this too. One of the only positives from the broadcast, and me and Jarrett saw this on the uh, on the Daytona screen too. After like the big one with uh, Harrison Burton's flip and then Kyle Busch wrecking, it immediately <laughs> cuts to Dalton Good. Y'all, some of y'all know him on Twitter. He's he like was, a Kyle Busch he fanatic. Was a he lot. said, "He said, God, I've been." T-. And I'm like, "Oh, there he is. We saw him on the he, screen. Recognize him immediately." The most famous Kyle Busch fan, if he wasn't already. Yeah, he was wearing the Cotton pit vibers and stuff. I'm like, "There yeah, he is. So, there he goes." Someone needs to get that man Dude, he was stressed out. ball. Like they Cotton need to get him an stress ball. Like, cause, cause he'll take it. Well. You know? Speaking of people stealing the show, eyes on the product, let's talk about the ratings. Uh, mm. Jarrett, you're usually our go-to ratings guy, so what can you tell us about this one? Uh, so this year we got a 4.7 rating and uh, 8.868 million viewers, which means it's down 12% in ratings from 2019, uh, which is the last, you know, not messed with race, basically, uh, with rain, and then down 3% in viewership. Now, there's a few little things here. Um, don't get me wrong. That's not a great thing by any means. Like, a decrease is still bad. But there are a few uh, silver linings here. It was the most watched sporting event by a wide margin. It beat the Olympics by almost 3 million viewers. And the uh, NBA All-Star game. The biggest, the biggest mm-hmm. gap with the NBA All-Star game, I believe, in, like, seven years. Um, and the share that it got actually was up 24% from 2019. Uh, and to kind of explain that, like are the ratings, for instance, a rating is the amount of people who have TVs. So like the amount of people who have TVs, less than watch this year, but a share is the amount of people watching at that time. So mm-hmm. of that, they had 
more of the people that were watching. So there are less people watching TV, but the ones who were were watching more NASCAR than last time. I guess which, that, that's my best way of explaining which, it. Which I think speaks to just the trends in general. There are more entertainment options mm-hmm. out there than ever before. So this race wasn't on cable, but it's not just people cutting the qu- cutting the cord, cutting cable. I think there's just less people watching traditional TV. Mm-hmm. So that's what that tells you. It says less people were watching TV on Sunday, February 20th. But of the people that were, a higher percentage were watching NASCAR. So there's a good way to look at it. But it also speaks to, I think, in the future, especially with NASCAR's next TV deal, they need to work with partners who I think will modernize NASCAR broadcasts. I think they'll get a little more clever with their advertisements, how they weave those through. So we're not hopefully not interrupting as much green flag action with full screen commercials. I still think Fox especially needs to take a more serious tone, follow the F1 model, the way they broadcast their races over at Sky Sports. Uh, I I just think that's that's where things are going to need to change because the fact that we had like one of the best in-person crowds at Daytona that we've seen in like a decade, but we got less TV viewers that tells me there's a disconnect. That tells me that mm-hmm. people are interested in NASCAR. They just don't really want to watch it on TV <laughs> because they're not happy with how it's been presented. I don't you know. know. Well, her, her and I'll add to this. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'm okay. not going to mention no, it. No, no worries. I, 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 but so I watched, I, I, I actually did just watch your video, Eric, before getting on here. Uh, and one of like the big things you, you mentioned was like, we're in a new era. Like there's a lot of people not watching TV plain and simple like there's not a lot of people watching tv there's a lot of people trying to get instant gratification instant uh entertainment you know like you mentioned uh, you mentioned you no know, tiktok people are able to scroll through tiktok not to sit through ads not to do anything else like all that stuff is so readily available so when you have a race that goes for you know three three four hours it's it, it is tough for people nowadays to kind of sit and watch the whole thing like oh i know every single one of us on this call yeah would absolutely sit and watch the entire race because we all definitely did. But, you know, that's just how the that's how the current day is. So I look at those numbers, you mentioned the share numbers and stuff like that. Like that that to me is equally if not more important than what is than what the actual overall rating is just because there's so many factors nowadays versus 5 10 years ago or even to 2019, honestly. I mean, we between 2019 and now we had a whole pandemic where everybody was inside getting on streaming services. Now everybody's now on streaming services. I could promise you I wasn't on a single one in 2019. So that's another thing that's like a probably interesting tidbit there. Yeah, and also another, a couple of things from my end too. Um, it, I would love for NASCAR to keep a uh, better track of streaming numbers overall, whether it's on like Fox Sports Go or like I'm, I know they have something on their NASCAR app where you know you can like see certain you know different vantage points from different drivers and stuff. I would like to see you know those numbers come out in the future. But then also I was thinking too, like now would be a perfect time for NASCAR. I mean, and I'm not sure if they're you know looking at this internally already, but you know in F1 they have you know F1 TV or F1 Go, whatever it's called and stuff, and you can see the different vantage points and you know it's a you know a whole other broadcast, you know, with no commercials and all that stuff. NASCAR should seriously look into that, you know, once they finalize the new TV deal, perhaps, you know, as an alternative thing too. Obviously, you know, fans would have to pay for it and stuff, but I mean, when I tried the F1 TV thing, um, it really wasn't that much too, and for all the content they had on there too, you know, you can rewatch races, you know, you can see the different vantage points during races. I thought, I really felt like I did get, you know, a lot of bang for my buck, 
So I feel like with NASCAR, I feel like one way they could do it is like, you know, you know, take that same formula, also add some old races on there too that perhaps aren't on the internet at the moment on YouTube or whatever, you know, that you can stream or whatever and stuff. So I, I don't know. I really think, you know, once NASCAR nabs this next TV deal down, they should really, you know, look into their own streaming platform. It's a thing that I think the majority of fans at first would be like, oh, no, I'm not paying for that. But it's like, but once it's out, I feel like, yeah, a majority of fans will eventually pay for it. Well, one thing I wanted to point out here is that NASCAR themselves is doing a decent enough job of making some kind of some alternatives. Actually, during the Daytona 500, if someone wanted to, they had a live stream during the Daytona 500 of the in-car camera of Ryan Blaney. As it would turn out, that would be a great view to have been watching the entire Daytona 500 on. That stream ended up having 232,000 total views. So that was an added 232,000 eyes on the Daytona 500. And And that just caught back up to 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If uh, if a person had went on and had that stream, gotten a NASCAR app, and turned on the MRN radio, they could have in a sense, had free coverage of the Daytona 500. Yeah, I guess that's and true. I'll also, I'll also throw in there, too. Um, oh, my goodness. Wow. Never mind. It totally left my mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. I guess it wasn't that's that important. Yeah, we got that up. Wow. J- Jared will we'll pull up the poll, I guess, for a second. That'll give you time to, yeah. <laughs> to oh, yeah. see if it re-enters your mind. Darian, what's the time thing. for? It was in my mind, and then it wasn't. Wait, I think it's, you know what, I think now we're at the point um, in the show where it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Oh, man, he's doing that to your microphone this week, Dan. <laughs> oh, sorry. More, oh. Oh, he's sorry. right on top of it. He's inhaled it. Um, so <laughs> doesn't, Mine doesn't break. <laughs> sorry. This, uh, this, this week, uh, which, by the way, I will thank all of you guys for voting out there. We didn't break the record, but we were the closest we've ever been to. Uh, the record, at, I believe, is... I think it's like 18.1K. We had 17.8K votes, so still pretty high. I think uh, Gluck but, broke a record on his poll. Wow, yeah. So, so good. It's, it's a good week to poll. Uh, 45% of you said this was a great race. 38% of you said it's a good one. 12 said it was average. 3 said it was below average. And 2% of you are Brad Keselowski fans that said it was bad. Uh, so top means- 10. Yeah, but he, did, he didn't win, and he wrecked half the field. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say this real quick. I find it so funny that after years and years of him getting mad and wrecking people out there in practice because they were racing too hard, Brad Keselowski is the one who is going out there and becoming a wrecking ball to the yeah. point where Ricky Stenhouse is on the side of the conservative drivers. Uh, just saying that now. Uh, but the uh, net positivity Ironic. was 83%, and the net negativity was 5 So I, I would say people like this race a little bit. Um, just a little. Looking at some of the comments here that people left. Uh, Chase in the Cup said, A tale of two rookies, one with the greatest moment of his life, one joining the Space Force. (laughs) Um, I like it. uh, Barry Boy Boy Blast says, uh, Those last 30 laps were really something. I thought this race was going to be boring, similar to 2013's 500, but I was wrong. This was a great race. I loved it. Uh, Let's see. Scroll down a little bit. I'm going to read this one just because I love the, uh, the uh, profile name. Must Potato says, when a debut for the next gen, uh, what a debut for the next gen. A rookie, a flip, great racing. Austin Sindrick is a Daytona 500 champion. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, Johnny G says, I have very low expectations for the race after the duels. It was a fun race start to finish. I, I'd agree with that sentiment. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. It was a definite fun watch. And I did remember the thing I was going to say. Oh, um, so fun fact. Fun. So uh, the big thing that I wanted to mention was like IMSA uh, with their Peacock coverage, NBC Sports. If you have the subscription, you can watch the entire race uninterrupted, like the 24-hour they did that on, on Peacock and on the NBC platforms. I'm surprised that hasn't been brought into the fold with NASCAR and their streaming partners with Fox and NBC, obviously having already done that, you know, service with other racing series. I wonder what the overlay is there or the overlap, I should say, in trying to do something where there's, you know, able, where we're able to pay that fee that, you know, that basically to have that service to watch these uninterrupted races. Yeah. I think just having that kind of complimentary option available I don't, I don't see, like you said, I don't see why that hasn't been explored more with NASCAR, but maybe it will. Maybe by 2025, it will. Yeah. We can only hope. And pray. Uh, I'll, I'll do this one as the last one before we go to what the first comment was. Uh, Jacoby77 says, I had so much hype for this until Denny crashed. Other than that, 10 out of 10. Worst part Damn. of the race was Fox's coverage. <laughs> 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 All right, now, now I got to so hope Mike Joy doesn't watch our show. He'll be yeah. tweeting at us tonight. Mike Mike Joy is the only thing that, that people said kept that, that show, uh, that broadcast afloat. Um, his back must hurt from how much he carries the broadcast for the last five years. All right, I'm going to scroll through the over 500 comments, which I appreciate, everybody. We'll get to the first one. I want to ask you all now, do you think it's going to be positive or is it going to be negative? Negative. It's going to be a, going to be a mad lady fan. We'll say positive as <laughs> a Cindric fan showed up. Ryan, what do you think? I think it's going to be pretty positive, just because of the whole story. A lot of people seem to like Cindric nowadays. Uh, rookie winning the 500, feel good story. All right. So the uh, the number one or the first comment that anyone put was from Westy Wilson. No one, absolutely no one. Joey Logano. I saved at the pump. <laughs> oh, so it is positive. Like positive. Yeah, that is positive. Uh, plus, uh, or plus, is he uh, complaining about commercials? I could I, be. I don't um, know. Wait, did you say that was Westy Wilson? Yeah. Oh, and then the, he, he goes to the school I went to. Oh, wow. Well, and there's a response. He saved at the pump. And then another one. He saved at the pump. <laughs> I'll, anyway, I'll drop that down as positive. I I'd say it's positive. <laughs> well, thank you all for voting. And uh, I'll put that out at the end of the race. Well, every week for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So. Well, while we have you here, Ryan, we got to talk about the Xfinity race mm-hmm. as well. Because I was there in person oh, yeah. during qualifying. You and that six car, <laughs> third fast. I talked to one of your crew members before qualifying because you, you were like yep. top five in single – or no, you're 20th in single car speeds, but you were the fastest during practice. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're really we're really fast. And I was like, oh, okay, good good luck. Third, third yeah. in round one, where did that come from? <laughs> I remember – um, but, yeah, like, like you said, all day on Friday practice we did single car runs because – you know, our, our point situation getting into this race, we knew we had to qualify in. You know, even, like, we didn't need to take any chances. I mean, we it proved in the race. The person who was 20th in owner points last year was the last person to be given a provisional. That means all the people that missed ra- missed the race on speed were top 20 cars. Um, so that was the quality of field this weekend. Uh, but the guys, I mean, my JD team, Case, Bird, uh, Gabe, Spud, and everybody at JD, um, they busted their tails in this offseason. Uh, we knew we had a good car. Uh, I don't think we – I didn't – none of us really expected that good. Um, but we went out for single car runs, and our time was very good. 
And I remember BJ McLeod coming over, looking at my crew chief and being like, he's fast, like screaming <laughs> loud. And I, I, I haven't seen BJ be that excited because <laughs> BJ has a really good relationship with myself and this team. So I, we love BJ McLeod in this household. Um, but when we went out for qualifying, I was like, oh man, like I kind of bobbled off before. I was like, eh, it, maybe I'll be okay. All of a sudden, I, I hear, all right, P2. And I'm like, P22? He <laughs> said, no, you're P2. And I, that was surprising to me because there had already been RCR cars out on track, Gibbs cars, JRM cars. So I was just like, how? Okay, cool. What and did my you, hands just do? <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, okay, this is neat. And here we are sitting at the top 10 thing, like watching car after car go and be behind us. And you see me and my four crew guys, and we're looking over at some of these big teams, which have like 20 different people all clicking away at laptops, asking, wondering why the heck are we slower? Like, <laughs> it, it was just so funny. And it was, but it was awesome. And it goes to show what this little team can do when, it, when, when we have all the things go our way. And it's just so amazing. It's so impressive. Um, just very thankful. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it was a good race. Got a top twenty too. So yeah. yeah. What was yeah. also cool too, I saw um, after you had qualified, you and your uh, and uh, uh, your mom Ryan had a special moment on Perry Lane and yeah. stuff like that. Y'all hugged it out or whatever. So that was cool to see on social no. media too. Your, your mom's always yeah. been very supportive. I see. Mm-hmm. I see her in almost anything that's Ryan Vargas related. Always yeah. cheering you on. She's a very big. Uh, she, she's very big on just everything that's been going on. Uh, I mean, I've said it before in numerous times. I should have been done racing in 2017, and then I should have been done again in the beginning of 2019. I, we, at the end of 20, 2017, we couldn't afford to do late model racing. And at the end of 2018, I had no ride, no sponsorship, and really no plans to be back in a car. No, there, there was no opportunity. Um, so the fact we're at this point is insane. Um, I'm literally just a normal dude who is a huge NASCAR fan who is very fortunate to be able to do this. Uh, and I try, I try and show that on social media. I'm very open, very personal. I try and be as open as I can because I want fans to kind of know what it's like. You know, at, at the end of the day, if, if you're not telling what's going on or just kind of having fun with it, then people are going to want to tune in and root for you. So um, I, I really enjoy doing this. And my mom, she knows – how much it takes. Uh, so that's always a, a, a neat, it's always fun having her there. We, we definitely know firsthand how humble, how uh, really open you are. Cause I mean, I think you're, you, Jared might have stats to back this up. You might be the driver who holds the record for most appearances on the NASCAR Willie podcast at this point. I think. <laughs> I, I might think so. Maybe. Wrong. We're going to uh, make him a trophy. You're definitely <laughs> up there. I know. Yeah. You, you're with fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Can, can confirm. Yes, yep. you are. Okay. Wow, you pulled out fast. Okay. That's impressive. Yeah, you are. You are wow, tied yeah, with Tommy Joe Martins. Oh, ah, uh, yes, uh, Tomothy. Okay, <laughs> Tomothy Joothy. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could do, we do like Tom Grassi and Tommyism. <laughs> I don't know how to segue off that, so let's just get into it. Drew Dollar versus Jeremy Clement. <laughs> Let me go first. Let me go first. All right, let's go over the Drew Dollar experience in during uh, Daytona oh, 2022. Oh, okay, so on the ARCA race, um, I wasn't there, but I heard he had wrecked coming off of turn two as well. And, yeah, he had that issue or whatever. So then you fast forward to the Xfinity race. You know, that 18 car, you know, it won a championship last year same with Daniel Hemrick. 
and you know he's gonna run a, it's gonna run a part-time deal with some drivers including Drew Dollar so we immediately get to um, get going and then in the opening laps I see you know everyone's in a straight line including Ryan and then this 18 is just all over the place and stuff and I'm like uh-oh this is not gonna be good and then <laughs> Yep, lo and behold, coming off a of turn two, I think it was Noah Grex. I think what happened was the low line slowed up a little bit in front of him. I think it was like um, Austin Hill slowed up a little bit. And then Noah Gregson gives him a huge push and then wham, just loses it. And unfortunately, wrecks into Jeremy Clemens, who, you know, was like Eric had sponsored, you know, his car last year and stuff. Um, and yeah, and just totally destroyed it. Too. Yeah, totally destroyed <laughs> well, the car. I- yeah. I leaned over to IDK player and I'm just like that 18 is going to go around soon. Like a lap later that crash happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to say it that, that bad. It was that was bad. Was he really that? Oh, I it, was, it was like, all every the time off the corner. It was like, it was like he was trying to avoid different stuff on the track. He was all over the place. I mean, well, what was a uh, Jeremy Clements quote afterwards? He <laughs> called him an inexperienced driver who yeah. buys fast cars. That was, that was a hot, you know, that was a hot quote going around. Uh, I don't know enough part... about Drew Dollar's history to, to chime in confidently on no, this, but gonna... he, def- he definitely looked a little yeah. out of control, but yeah, he, he's also, how old is he? Probably 18, 19 years old. I like, you know, no, I think he's 22. Is he 22? I think he's oh. in his twenties. Oh, I'm I think he's up. my age. I oh, think he's my age. I could be I'm, wrong. Then I'm gonna look this up. That might slightly change my opinion. He's still young. He's still young, say, but yeah, he's 21. Thing, uh, he's 21 years old. Oh, okay. Jeremy Clement's sponsor, uh, Steve Carnes, representative for uh, First Point Financial. He was very, or no, First Pacific Financial. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Pacific. He was not very happy. He was very vocal on Twitter, being very unhappy about Mr. Dollar as well. Well, I'll say, like, you know, everyone was calling 50 Cent, you know, uh, Dollar Bill. Well, I, I think a lot of people after that race were calling Drew Dollar Drew Dime because <laughs> it, it was it was damning. It was bad. Like, I don't I'm not going to dogpile on him. You know, for all I know, he might turn around and, you know, I mean, he is in that 18 car. He might go around, you know, turn around and win. I don't know. But. You know, I'm not going to dogpile on someone for Daytona. Yeah, it's hard for me to dogpile on someone when we saw Brad Keselowski wreck two people in the race. Like, it's hard for me to jump on. And there's so many factors. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many factors. Like, when you never race, like, at a super speedway, like, granted, Drew Dollar's an experienced super speedway racer in the ARCA series. He won at Talladega. Um, But, you know, the Xfinity cars, they draft way different. They have, I believe, a little bit more power. And they also have a way smaller spoiler at super speedways. It's very narrow. Um, these mm-hmm. cars don't handle very well. Um, it's very easy for it to lose control. Um, I've exper- I experienced it in the February race last year where I would go into the corner and the car unloads and it kind of almost does one of these moments where it just kind of unloads and loads back up. So I can only imagine that with him getting pushed by Noah and the car seemingly just unloading, um, that's just kind of a recipe for a disaster. Well, I guess all we can say is Drew Dollar in your next start. Best of luck. It can only get better from here. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's let's talk about this uh, from one wreck to another. The ending of the beef. It's what's for dinner. Three hundred. Uh, Ryan, your good friend Mike Snyder went for a ride of his life. Yeah. Yeah, my roommate. How is he? How is he doing? Is he is he all right? Yeah, he was fine. Um, I actually went. um, So after the race was over, and I heard he got released from the medical center, I waited obviously until kind of things calmed down, and I went over to his hauler and I asked Jordan like, "Is he is it cool if I go in there?" He said, "Yeah." So I went over, went up to the thing, and honestly, I just kind of gave him a hug. Um, If you were to go back fifteen twenty years, I don't know if you'd be able to say the same thing. 
Um, the biggest thing that I that I uh, saw was just it was kind of funny because when we took the white flag, like I remember kind of be getting in my own head because the weird thing about super speed racing you're able to kind of be very conscious as to what you're doing versus everywhere else everywhere else you don't really think about what you're doing you're just kind of doing it by second nature super speedway racing you're having to actually like think okay maybe here maybe here maybe here and we took the white flag and i was on the outside lane in like i don't know 19th 17th whatever somewhere between 17th and 20th and i was just like okay i have no condition I'm in no contention for a win or a top 10 at this point, like unless something stupid happens. And on the likely chance that something stupid happens, it's going to go up to the top lane. So you'll actually, if you go back and watch the broadcast, you'll see a little blue card go from the top lane all the way to the bottom. And I fall in line, kind of just take the medicine, just get down there, and I just kind of wait for something to happen. And sure enough, something happened. Unfortunately, it, it was that. Um, very lucky that it was all okay. Um, but it we ended up okay not to split her up a little bit but didn't mm -hmm. tear it off so the car actually should be plenty good and plenty fine for talladega here uh coming up in april just obvious repairs yeah oh, it's always good to especially a car you know has speed in it after a qualifying run so yeah then. so a couple oh no, yeah that oh good go ahead Okay, so a couple uh, of things here. Um, I mean, like, first off, I mean, like, yeah, you know, there is a massive difference, you know, between seeing a flip on TV and in person. I remember when Ty Majeski um, um, had a flip in uh, during uh, 2020 Speed Weeks, and, man, like, that really scared me and that stuff. That was the first so, time for all of us. Yeah, that was the first time for all of us. So yeah. that that's when I learned, I'm like, whoa, like, yeah, this is way different than it is on TV. And it's yeah. like, that's like the last thing I ever want to see at Super Speedway races now. And, you know, like, seeing that on the backstretch, um, on the backstretch, like, happen live and stuff, that was absolutely nuts. And then just seeing when it hit the fence and all and stuff. Like, thankfully, yeah. Maya was okay and released, yeah. and, you know, checked and released from the medical center, um, too. But, yeah, no, it, it, that was nuts. And then, but also another thing, too, I was seeing, it's like, I feel like every single time we see these flips happen and stuff, there's immediate reactions from some of, like, from some NASCAR fans on social media oh, we should, you know, leave super speedways and stuff like that. And like, look, I mean, in racing and stuff, you know, you can make these cars as safe as possible and stuff, but, I mean, this is just basic physics. You know, if a car is going to go that yeah. fast and it, like, hits a, you know, a certain way or goes a certain way, you know, it's going to flip, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, I just always feel like that there's, like, immediate reactions and stuff where, you know, yes, you know, we want these cars to be as safe as possible and stuff, but... I mean, it's racing. You're going to have this happen. I mean, we've seen, you know, flips, you know. I mean, like, obviously flips are more prevalent to happen on super speedways, but really they can happen anywhere. So well, I, I'd, say careful, I'd say careful because you're making the argument in favor of getting rid of Talladega and Daytona. Yeah. I, yeah. The uh, argument against it is it's the most popular races on yeah. the schedule. And, you know, I just think from a business perspective, you can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. Now, can you continue to modify the cars? I thought what they did to the cup cars with these next gens, I mean – the runs weren't as aggressive as they were with the most recent package. And I, that was the number one thing drivers were complaining about. The pack speed seemed to be a little bit lower as well, which I know we still had a cargo airborne in the cup race, but it was a little better. Xfinity package has been largely the same, I guess, for a while now at super speedways, maybe some subtle differences here and there, but you know, like it's a, it's a mix. Well, it's a uh, difficult, it's a difficult balance. Cause yeah, it is, mm -hmm. it, it is dangerous. That's where drivers are most likely to get hurt. Well, NASCAR, uh, much credit to them, but also some luck to them has avoided any catastrophic instance yep. for the last 20 plus well, years. And I want to, I want to definitely jump in here and kind of say this mm -hmm. at the end of the day, jumbo jets, like the, the, the passenger jet, jet planes that you guys take to races, they take off at about 170, 180 miles an hour. That's when they finally lift up. 
these race cars are traveling at 190, 195 miles per hour. So you think about all the tracks that we do go over 190, it could happen anywhere. I mean, we've seen it at Atlanta. You know what I mean? We've seen a blowover yeah. at Atlanta. We've seen blowovers at Michigan. We've seen blowovers at Pocono. It, it happens. You're never going to stop. Yeah, exactly. Kansas, too. Mm-hmm. You're never like going to stop year. blowovers. Yeah. So you're never going to stop blowovers. But I think the biggest thing that I, I saw this argument, in it, and it, I definitely agreed with it. We need to find something. I think it's time kind of to look at ways to re to re uh, um, to reevaluate what we use for catch fencing. Like it works, it does its job, it keeps fans safe, and that's awesome. But we have these cars disintegrating, sending parts all over the track. You know, Matt Mills hit that into Michael Jordan's motorhome. Yeah, yeah, Pete's parts is like there's parts going into these motorhomes. I'm not saying that we need to oh we need to remove all these catch fences and replace it immediately. Like no. It, it's a long, long, long thing. Like I just don't even know you're what we gonna... replace it with at this point. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. What do we replace it with? Um, you gonna trust a so, bulletproof glass or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. But it's just it's one of those things where the catchments, yes, it works, but it's also when cars hit it, you are playing a dangerous game. We yeah. saw it with Wiccans at Pocono and IndyCar. We saw it with Austin Dillon nearly and on the front stretch. That was a dead stop I mean, hit. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it with Dan. And now Lundin we almost saw it with Maya. Vegas. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. It, it's just like I mean, every time so far I've I've thought of in the last decade or so, when a car flips up into the catch fence, we've just been lucky. It's not on the cockpit. It's underneath. You know, like yeah. we've been we've been like as I think as an industry fan base, everybody like it's just there's been a little, I think, I think where the, um, where people are kind of getting disconcerted a little bit is there's just too much luck involved with the safety aspect. Cause as soon as, as it doesn't, and you have a Ryan Newman incident, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, well, I mean, that's I a think, good, well, sorry, I was just, I, that's I think, a good point that they've done so much yeah. with the cars and with safer barriers. Fencing seems to be the next logical place they can yeah. try to develop something new. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many new events and advancements like, after Newman's wreck, we added in the Xfinity collectors two new bars since oh. the 2020 Daytona 500. We've added two new bars, uh, one last season, then one over the off season. I, I think it was over the off season. Or it was just about around the Talladega in the fall. So the cars are being updated. The walls are being updated. It's almost like a lot of people are saying David Land. So I guess David Land has talked about this. But I think this is something that does need to be reevaluated. Obviously, this again, it's not a, it's not a short term fix. Like this is going to be something that goes away in the future, but like you mentioned, uh, Jared, it's it's there is a lot of luck that we haven't had a car hit the catch fence roof first, um, and so I feel like the best way to alleviate that is to have something that isn't a catch fence, but something that still does the same job while keeping drivers and cars safe. Just going back, thinking about the fans' perspective of it, you know how different things can be, you know, you guys that you guys watching their track, you see that flip happen with uh you know, Mike Snyder, you're you know, you're not sure what's happening in the moment. Ryan's driving the car, really probably scared for his friend, doesn't he he probably he might not even know it was him that went up in the air at that point. I don't really know. But me watching on T V, you know, I'm watching like, Whoa, oh my gosh and all of a sudden ch- changing every camera and go, Oh yeah, he's fine. I see him moving around the, the car. The you know, stands. I'm, I'm like, Yeah, he's fine And what I saw in the chat, uh Jeff Fabiano actually watching and chiming in broadcast can desensitize people to wrecks like that mm. in person. It happens in the blink of an eye and it's downright scary. And that's yeah. absolutely true. The, the, you may, the, like I said, me watching at home, 
I pretty much knew right then and there that he was okay, but you guys there in person, you don't know. The, well, and the thing is that, you know, like we were sitting right at the entrance of pit road and the, what we could see was all the dirt kicked up and you just saw the car just basically just disintegrate and fire going everywhere. And so what I noticed, the biggest thing I noticed, you know, in that moment is how quiet the crowd got immediately. It went from like, you know, it's like we always make a joke like, oh, if you're going to a NASCAR race and something happens, yell O and point. If something really bad happens, yell O, S and point. Like <laughs> that happened and then it went silent. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. like I, I I was recording and I was like this recording. And I just like put it down immediately. I'm like, holy yeah. Jesus. I just kept saying, oh my God, yeah. over and over again. Yeah. yeah that it's, was, that it's was made such with, a, uh... It's such a tough thing to like, to, to predict when my flipped, he hit it at an angle where it sent the car cartwheeling so you think about all the parts that flew off the engine the rear end housing the rear clip the front clip suspension parts there's a my quarter window right behind my head mm-hmm. was broken open so that means something went through it so you have this catch fencing that's ripping apart these cars so that's why i took it to the grass i'd rather knock the splitter off and hit the grass and hit a motor like matt mills did thankfully matt's okay too so, like you said, it's it, it's definitely desensitizing a little bit some of the things that we see. Um, but I think overall the sport has gone in a massive positive direction. Yeah. Um, but I do see like, – I don't think, like, like Darian was saying at the very beginning of all this, there's no need to leave super speedways. There's no need to change the racing of what we're doing. We just need to find different safety enhan- enhancements now. Absolutely. Um, it's up to the tracks and the sport. Time to look at the fencing. I think I think that's 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 a good point. That's, that's a good that's a good way to end on that discussion. And um, you know we won't talk about the Xfinity race too much more, but we do got to acknowledge one other thing. Austin Cindric wasn't the only Austin who got his first win this weekend. Austin Hill wins the race for RCR in his first race in that series. Yeah, yeah I mean RCR not in that series. He's ran in that series before, but for mm-hmm. that team, yeah, yeah, it's cool yeah. to see both RCR cool cars. Be competitive. I mean, though you can, you've seen this firsthand, Ryan. The Xfinity series is stacked this year. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's Absolutely. no Penske car full time at least, but between Colleague, Gibbs, JD Motorsports, I mean, you guys show good speed first race yeah. this season. RCR's back with a two car program. We always know about the Clements, the Brown, Alpha Prime. This year. like the Xfinity series, especially from like eight through twenty fifth. You're going to be busy over the next this whole season, Ryan, because I feel like that portion of the field is going to be it's going to be super competitive. I didn't even think about our motorsports with Alfredo and Moffat. Like, geez. Can I make a comment real quick though? Go ahead. Do it. Uh, Do it. it. We were talking about Fox broadcasting for the Daytona 500. I just got to say this. I don't know how they messed up like this for Sheldon Creed. They took the Penske two and slid it to the left (laughs) when they already had that two last year for Myatt Snyder. (sighs) How? They just it. No, they just they all they, they literally just they skewed. It was the only thing skewed that whole weekend. Oh, no. And I complimented oh, their graphics gosh. earlier. Oh no, yeah. I didn't see they that. They literally but... used the Penske too uh... when they had that number last year. <laughs> so it's so unnecessary. By, by the way, congratulations to Sheldonte on his uh, announcement today of the baby. Uh, oh yeah, I missed his, that. Yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, Sheldonte is going to be a dad, so congratulations to him. Can, can, can we get uh, um, Vince Wells congratulating Sheldon Creed, the father, <laughs> bringing a child into the world? <laughs> <laughs> but That's going to be his, his child's godfather. <laughs> but going back to the, the conversation, everyone everyone in the series right now is competitive. From, you know, from the JDs, from the... Um, from the Alpha Primes and Hour Motorsports all the way up to the JRMs and, and Gibbs. Everyone is competitive. I mean, we look, you, know, like you look at Daytona. We had engineers, on, at, like Stuart Haas engineers, Joe Gibbs racing guys, like looking at our car, like like trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Like that's, like that's a very fulfilling feeling for our team. But that goes to show the, the work that every team from the top all the way back is trying to put in. Because um, at the end of the day, we only get 10, 15 minutes of on-track time for practice now. Like going into Fontana this weekend, we're not going to have laps. So you got to be fired. You got to be on fire coming out of the gate, be fast, and make the race. There's four cars going home at Fontana this weekend, which is crazy because that means that there's four cars that are going to travel all the way across the country and miss the show. It's a good point. You put it like that. Qual- qualifying for Xfinity is going to become can't-miss entertainment. From a Absolutely. fan's perspective, yeah. at least. I mean, I mean nerve-wracking for teams, but yeah. But that's going to wrap it up for talking about the Xfinity Series. Uh, Ryan, I'm realizing we've kept you here much longer than we expected to, so if you need to run, feel free to, uh, or if you want to stick around, it's entirely up to you. You're always welcome here. But, uh, you know, feel free to plug anything you got going on while, while, while I get yeah. to call yeah, out Yeah, a lot here. going on today. No worries. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of uh, really cool things going on. We announced a sponsor for Phoenix and an associate sponsor for Vegas, Hoseman Returning. Uh, they sponsored me since I was 14. And Vance Masonry, awesome. they sponsored me since I was 12. Um, and I did have some really cool news that I wanted to share on the podcast before I kind of head out. This weekend at Montana, um, Nolan Sykes of, jo- of Donut Media is actually going to be a licensed crew member on our car oh, this wow. weekend. Nice. Um, so he will be there helping, wrenching out. He's a he's an experienced, you know, he's worked on drag and drag racing and stuff like that. So I'm excited to kind of put that out there. Um, Any kind be a of content coming out of that? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think he just kind of wanted to do it. He texted me saying, "Hey, I want a crew," and I was like, "Okay," like because honestly, like it's tough. Like NASCAR has a lot of licensing video stuff, so I don't expect a lot of video coming out of it. And like I wanted to, the the way like it positioned it, I was like, okay, we just welcome it. Well, like have him as a crew guy, because we can always use an extra extra hand, <laughs> like extra hand through tag, carry some tools and stuff like that. Nolan's experience, so figured it'd be a neat thing, and uh, it could lead to a cool story. Um, just one of those things you get to look back on and say, ah, oh, remember that time we had. Um, massive YouTube automotive YouTuber Nolan on the car like that. That's pretty neat. So um, very excited about that. Swan Security, they're back on the car this week and and for Vegas. Uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys just having me. Uh, I love doing these. I love chatting with you guys. What you guys do is pretty cool. Um, and I just hope all the people watching keep an eye out on that 16 this year because hopefully, knock on wood, it turns into a really good year. Awesome. Well, you're always welcome here, Ryan. Good to talk to you as well. Best of luck uh, on the West Coast. This yeah. is your hometown race, I guess, this week. This is yeah. your home track. Mm-hmm. My first time there. My first oh, time yeah. racing on my oh, home track. Oh, that's right. I, wow. I, yeah, I've never raced there. I was we were, I was so excited last year when I was racing because I was supposed to be racing there, and then it didn't happen. 
so now um now i get to actually kind of make that dream come reality and i get to have a lot of family there so it's gonna be a definite it's gonna be a, a very emotional weekend as well so i'm very excited about that are you expecting to ride the top lane or taking the bottom what are you thinking Man, I mean, I, I, I last time I checked the clock, it was up top. I was up top of the clock, so um, I'm pretty sure I'll be up, up in the fence. That's the plan. But we got to keep that right side clean. We got we got to use this car at Vegas. Yeah. So uh, put Nolan to work. Smart with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll put Nolan to work. But thank you guys. I'll hop off and I'll let you let y'all talk racing. All right. Appreciate having man. you on, Ryan. Good. Great having you on. Later, man. See you guys. All right. All right. Moving on to the truck series we'll we'll run for this a little bit quick because there's not we as much to talk about to, in this race yes and we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight so let's get to it come on so let's get to it i'm cold i need to note, heat up man the first note on this is literally the first 80 percent of this race was mostly clean which it entirely was and then all heck broke loose in the last 20 mm-hmm. laps uh what did you guys think of this real quick I have a theory. I have another theory. Again, I tweeted again. The BFM curse struck again because, like, the first half, I was like, "Damn, this is a really clean truck race." And then all of a sudden, uh, Steve, uh, what's his name, Steve Landauer, I think that's his name on Twitter, was like, "Hey, we still have, um, uh, we still have uh, plenty of racing to go." And then immediately yeah. after that, all hell broke loose. But the real one, they 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 know what I was doing. I wanted a little chaos for the truck series race. And then after that, we uh, we had gotten it. But yeah, no, I mean overall, it was like mostly a clean race. But then, like you said, like it says, all hell broke loose in those final 20 laps and that final wreck too um you know zane smith you know it's a good thing he won because if he didn't a lot of fans you know it was a little controversial it's like oh he made it to the line but you know in in actuality he was this close he was this short of the line when the caution came out you know again i kind of you know like i it's funny you know the nascar race directors they always have their hand on that caution button just waiting for something once they hit the white flag and then they saw immediately a wreck and they're like oh caution and they 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 were fast fast with it yeah they were really fast with it and then um, after they had gotten all that cleaned up, uh, Zane Smith uh, went on to score his first win of the season. Loves and Front Row Motorsports gets another win at yeah, Daytona. Yeah, another one. Yeah, in another series. Mm-hmm. Um, any other comments? Well, I'll say because um, a lot of people ripped on that last caution, and they're like, "Why did they throw a caution?" They they kept going. There was uh, oil. oil on the racetrack, uh, so I like. As you know, as much as I want to find a reason to rip on something, someone or something or whatever, I will. But I like you got to you got to call it when it's the right call. Mm-hmm. And NASCAR calling the caution there at the end was the right call. I mean, you know, we just got over a giant safety uh, conversation. And if they let them race back, we'd have a lot longer of one i will add yeah. this too somebody had called me a nascar plant for pointing that out like, <laughs> that's what? right yeah they were like yeah. you're a plant like like the tweet was like oh i think i think this pretty much confirms darian is a nascar plant i know a lot of fans like this guy but yeah this is pretty <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a new one he's a plant for nascar <laughs> oh man. photosynthesis oh not that kind of plant oh, never mind. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> photosynthesis Okay. All righty. Uh, oh yeah, that, that about covers it. I mean, it, it was it was a fun race. Don't get me wrong, but it was in solid. the grand scheme of Daytona, it's like meh. It's just, it was just another truck race at Daytona. Yeah. yeah. Twenty laps of chaos. Eighty laps of uh, wow. That guy's only eighteen years old. Whoa. <laughs> <That kind laughs> of wow. A lot of that, and there's a lot of uh, well destroyed equipment. We we got we got our quota. Mm. Kyle Busch, his t-shirt proved accurate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anyway, Darren, you got you got a uh, you got a timer. 
Oh, yes. I will have the timer going. We will set it for three so minutes. We are funded by viewers like you, so we're going to run right through back. this real quick uh, for a little bit, about three minutes or so. Darren, okay. whenever you got the timer for All me. All right. Three, two, one, go. I'm going to use the bathroom. Okay. So I don't know if I'm getting everything here. Where'd everybody uh, go? <laughs> everyone went. Bathroom break. Eric, you need to go? I actually do, but I'm going to hold it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex Luff, appreciate the $5, comes in and says, didn't get a chance to say this last week, better late than never, worked all week, it's time to play, gonna get a little bit sideways, hopefully that wasn't too good, I don't want to copyright strikes there, uh, Alex Viveros, very much appreciate this generous $50, that is very nice of you to do that, Modern Speed Weeks, Monday practice, Tuesday truck, duels Wednesday, Xfinity, Wait, one Monday practice, Tuesday truck and duels. Wins oh truck duels is what he's saying. Wednesday Whoa. Xfinity duels, Thursday cup duels, Friday truck race, Saturday's Xfinity and ARCA, Sunday day twenty five hundred practice between Monday through Saturday. It could lead to more wreck, but I love this idea. That's it's busy. Not a terrible idea. The Xfinity race definitely might could have used a dual race, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, sure, I know a lot yeah. of people was talking about that. Maybe it's not a bad idea for the future. PTM Billy appreciate the five dollars. Says, do I need to go to Daytona every year since it didn't rain? I also got interviewed by Red Cup News because I wore a Kyle Busch fire suit, which was cool. Hey, I'm glad to hear that you got Sweet. interviewed. Uh, that's pretty cool. And it might be me that was the reason it didn't rain because I didn't go this year. So, might, you know, maybe it's you, maybe it's me. Who knows? GN coming in with $5. Appreciate that. Going to Auto Club Speedway for both races this weekend. Gone since October 2010 and can't wait to see how the next gen races bring back Fontana Night Race. Not a bad idea. Uh, but maybe uh, Alex Bowman would win that and we'd get rid of it right then and there, too. Zach Shimmer or Zach Shermer coming in at five dollars says Drew Dollar was chasing out his check this race. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to make that joke, but it was a good weekend for racing. Absolutely. Uh oh my. Oh yeah, we're it's all being there. weird. Oh no, it just made me lose a ton of them. It's like it won't scroll. I can't what? read all the super chats. This is this is bad. Oh. So, sorry, I lost a lot of super chats there. GM coming up two dollars. NASCAR Direct TV Hot Pass was ahead of its time. Uh, Eric was mentioning how Race View was ahead of its time. NASCAR Hot Pass was also ahead of its time back mm-hmm. in the day as well. Most definitely. That's where my oh, you, your super chats are broken. My webcam's broken. It won't let my, my control. <laughs> and, and my head and my headset's broken. We got the trifecta. <laughs> Yay! Kevin Harvick Fan Club coming in at four ninety nine. Congrats, Eric, on being elected president of the Kevin Harvick fan club. Your creation of the Church of Harvick has landed you this role. Okay. And that'll do it. All right. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Congrats, Eric, on the promotion. Very exciting. Very exciting. That's great. Um, all right. Everything's but, great. Hey, we also want to point out, before we move on to the next segment, our show is also brought to you by great partners of the show, including Lionel Racing, producers of NASCAR official diecast. You can pre-order your favorite driver's diecast on LionelRacing.com for the 2022 season. Next-gen pre-orders are available right now. I've already got a few pre-ordered myself. And what have we got this week, guys? Well, well I got Kyle Busch's 2008 Toyota Camry. I figured... 
last year M and M's might as well have it on here, and uh, and you got to see it earlier just in the Fox Sports view of it. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know what? I hated this car as a kid, as a Dale Jr. fan, but it was all out of spite. Um, it you know, other than the pointless like chrome at the bottom there, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I picked up this NASCAR Authentics just the other day. I think this is either the latest or one of the latest waves. Christopher Bell, DeWalt cards. I got to have every DeWalt cards in some form or another. So I figured I'd pick this one up. Yeah, definitely those NASCAR Mm Authentics. Be on the lookout for those when you're at Walmart. You can find some nice ones every now and again. Uh, Going to Auto Club, uh, I have got the last car to win at Auto Club Speedway, Alex Bowman 2020 Auto Club win. Uh, don't know if he'll get another one this weekend, but here was his last one. And here is a car I stole from Danny's collection. Uh, it's a customized um, Chase Elliott car, but it's uh, it's Mountain Dew Code Red, so it's pretty cool. Let's get the Fox cam on it. Zoom all the way in, right? But no, nah, no. Nah. So this is a uh, a very awesome yeah, customizable that, that, car. That's definitely a nice uh, fictional design mm-hmm. that I always wanted to see be a real car, and never hit the real track, so it's hit my diecast collection forever. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, great diecast this week, guys. Remember, you can pre-order your diecast now on LionelRacing.com or get them from an, an official Lionel Racing retailer. And now let's get back into the show. Uh, I, Guys, I kind of have a situation here. Jared, you look like a turtle in that hoodie right now. <laughs> like, it's 48 uh, degrees in here. I feel so bad and for you, man. And I feel like there's going to be a thunderstorm now. And now it's lightning, too. Can you believe that? Great, we got thunder snow in here. Oh, gosh. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. <laughs> Jared, what do we have on tap for tonight? I, I bet it didn't break the mic back in. It, it broke, broke it, and then it came back. Anyway, what we got, we got a slew of Bob Pockers uh, news. That's what we got. Um, from Bob, the Auto Club reconfiguration is still up in the air at the moment. They don't know when they're going to do it, the timeline, whatever. They said that COVID screwed it up, but they still plan to do it. Garrett, Garrett Smithley will be running the number 15 RWR car for the West Coast Swing. This also brought to you by Bob. Uh, and then Auto Club has ground down the bumps on the back stretch. And we'll be applying resin as well as using the tire dragon this weekend because Auto Club is the track they need to do that to, apparently. But that was also brought to you by Bob. Uh, uh, News from JGR is that Trevor Bain uh, will be returning this week in the Xfinity Series, so keep an eye on that. Keep that in your minds for picks. Never know. Uh, And then good God almighty damn, Moonhead is going to be racing a real freaking race car for Landon Huffman, his uh, Landon Huffman's pro late model car at Hickory Speedway on August. 6th. Yeah, he was in the chat earlier. That's I was so uh, congratulating him on that. Good deal. That is awesome. And then uh, closing this one out, I know that Darian is going to love this. LA Rams and Super Bowl champion left tackle Andrew Whitworth will be the Grand Marshal at Auto Club this weekend. Super Bowl champs. It still doesn't even feel real. Oh, what a blessing. Trust me, the bruise on my shoulder felt really real the next morning. <laughs> that was a very fast lightning round. And, and once again, that'll do it for another edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. I said earlier that I had a situation. The situation was that I don't have the lightning graphic on this new computer. Oh, we'll have to get that added. To throw back. We'll get that added, too. 
Yeah. Well, we can make up for it with my favorite segment of the show each week. This show is brought to you by Forney Industries. You can get it done with green. Forney, I love how I always have this green wall right here. I've contemplated putting their logo up right here. Big I've actually got right now. <laughs> I've got this green. You're way ahead of me. There you go. But I got this nice green wall. Anyway, plenty of green on screen. Look for that green logo whenever you're at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Forney has everything you need for your next project, whether it's a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines or additional metalworking accessories really anything you need for your next project you can shop their full line of top uh, top top of the line products at fornyind.com that's fornyind.com or check them out like i said at an authorized forney dealer near you check out look for this green well look for look for this logo but in this color <laughs> and you'll know you're in the right place check them out forney industries their website is down in the description below as well all right that was great and now let's get into some more serious topics here this is where we get serious guys serious steve phelps we're on the radio talked, now serious xm yes steve <laughs> phelps right, talked briefly this week on potentially a little sneak peek at the new tv deal and what that might look like eric you were talking about this on out of the groove today why don't you tell us a little bit more since you're a little more familiar on it now yeah, so he did. A, he appeared on a podcast with, uh, I guess, a Sports Business Journal podcast, not with Adam Stern, but with some of the other great reporters over there. And they were asking him all about TV-related stuff. Of course, right after the Daytona 500 ratings come out, TV stuff is is on the tip of everyone's tongue, especially in the NASCAR industry, knowing that within the next year or so, negotiations for NASCAR's next TV deal are going to pick up. And actually, Steve Phelps said about as much in this interview, he mentioned that maybe 2023, he expects things to really pick up. That's why 2022 is so important. And the big number at the clash and the okay number at the Daytona 500, I think we're off to a pretty good start. He'd be pretty excited about that. But a couple key takeaways. And granted, he didn't say anything he didn't you know, put anything in concrete, make anything concrete in these. It was a lot of very vague, just general statements. But I think there's something we can take away from that. He mentioned a couple of different times that he believes NASCAR's next contract will be in the eight to 10 year range. I know IndyCar just signed a new deal with NBC that was like three years. NASCAR still seems to believe that they're going to get a long-term contract. They obviously want to operate with that kind of stability. Steve Phelps seemed fairly confident that they could get something like that. Um, he also mentioned... Uh, he also mentioned the importance of network television. He, he, more so than that, he mentioned the importance of reaching the most potential eyeballs possible because the teams like Joe Gibbs Racing, Roush, Hendrick, they sell sponsorship to stay in business based on the number of viewers that watch on TV. So if NASCAR were to go to say ESPN and ESPN were to put races on ESPN Plus where only like 10 guys and their cat can see it, NASCAR likely wouldn't take that deal because they'd understand that would kill the sponsorship model for most race teams. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of refreshing or, or maybe a relief to hear that, that NASCAR is not going to just go with whoever necessarily the highest bidder is because, you know, ESPN might pay a ton of money because they want to put races exclusively on ESPN plus and NASCAR at least seems to be pushing back against that. If there's not a way to keep the teams funded so that they can stay business and stay competitive nascar is probably not going to go that route now he didn't give any indication as to what companies might be bidding on nascar we're going to stay with fox and nbc is espn a legit option is cbs starting to come around didn't give any indication there but he did say that it's important to stay on network television and that he thinks the future of nascar racing at least with this next tv deal will be network tv still cable i'm sure for some but 
more of an emphasis on big network TV, which everyone gets. That's the thing. That's big Fox. That's big NBC. You got an antenna outside. You can get NASCAR races if that's in fact where they're run. So that was my big takeaway. Uh, obviously, like I said, it was a lot of very general stuff. Negotiations probably haven't gotten serious yet. So we'll have to wait and see how things develop. We'll see what options are actually available. I think it was sports business journal, actually these same guys who predicted earlier this off season that ESPN is going to be one of the companies that bids on NASCAR heavily for the next contract. We'll have to wait and see if that actually turns out to be true. I know I already see in the chat. Some people are not excited yeah. about ESPN. Well, so. I mean, can you blame them? I'll, I'll say this about um, what, what Phelps was saying. He did trip up at one point when he was like, yeah, you know, when you know, we were looking and, you know, we can look at, at moving to different runs. I, 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 I'm not saying we are. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that was an honest slip up. I think it's too, too early to say, but it was I'm just, funny. I'm yeah. just, I'm just I mean, it, it is, it is interesting to see, but um, that the one that really, you know, the part that caught my ear was the part that, you know, while they want it to be on network TV and while that's one of the top priorities, uh, these two things caught my ear. Number one, uh, the fact that they want to work with more digital broadcasters. That that one did catch my ear. I mean, it's an obvious you do want to work with it. But the fact that they're acknowledging it, because in my opinion, streaming now is a necessity, not a nice option to have with it. You know, NASCAR, the, the big problem with signing a big TV deal like this is that, you know, when we saw it with 2012, right before the huge digital boom, uh, is that once you negotiate on 2012 terms, you're stuck in that 2012 box. And so that is one thing that I'm, I'm a little worried about is if this does turn into like a 10 year deal is that for the next decade, worse, the contract that NASCAR is using will be stuck in the framework of what 2023, the year they're negotiating will be in 2023. You know, if they do a 10 year deal after 2024, 2023 in the digital landscape and in entertainment is going to be way different than 2034. So that's one thing I'm worried about. The other one, I mean, they talked about this with the next gen car last year is that he's predicting that all cup cars are going to have cameras in them by the end of the season. So, uh, which I don't know why they don't have that now. I like, honestly, I, I don't either. But it'll give that's well, cool though. It'll give it, Fox it, even more angles to, yeah, more to zoom in on. Uh, no, but I mean, well, it, hopefully they debut it with NBC because it seems like even if NBC swings and misses, at least they're trying new stuff. <laughs> Just like randomly during a race, let's go on board with BJ McLeod. Let's see what he's up to right yeah. now. <laughs> Close up. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm really excited because I think this is really going to start heating up. You're going to hear little bits and pieces the same way in 2011 that we did about the current deal. Some of it's going to be stuff that doesn't matter, but I think some of it's going to be really fun to listen to. Um, there's going to be a lot of reckless speculation. That's what I'm excited about. I, I think what you said, though, about it's a trade-off. You get a long-term deal, you get stability, but you also, yeah, you, you run the risk of the contract kind of feeling dated after a few years. It's like in baseball. You, when the LA Angels signed Albert Pujols to a 10-year deal, and it was a huge deal at the time, I mean, they knew that by the time he got in the back half of that deal, he was going to be in his late 30s. He wasn't going to be as good as he once was. He wasn't going to be worth the money the last few years, but they were hoping he'd be more than worth it the first few years. That's what you're banking on if you take a long-term deal, but it does offer that stability, which is important. So that's the risk. If you go with a short-term deal, it presents more flexibility. You can become a free agent again before long and try to test waters and get an even better deal. But you also run the risk of getting a worse deal of, you know, maybe NASCAR has a really bad ratings year and, oh, their next 
five years or the next contract is bad. Like you just never know, but I'm with you. I, I think, I think when it comes to streaming, I don't anticipate, and I don't think NASCAR should put any races exclusively on streaming. I think it should be kind of like Ryan was saying, or like we've all said, honestly, that it should be kind of an option the way Peacock was a, had a, a paid ad free version of the Rolex 24. Mm-hmm. Why can't we do that for NASCAR? Like if Peacock was it had you hey you pay fifteen bucks a month and you get ad free NASCAR races on Peacock I why that'd be a win I don't I, yeah I don't that see why it's a not a problem both sides yep um, exactly so I, I want to bring this up about NASCAR contracts just looking because the, the last three are in the modern era of kind of TV deals the way that every other major sporting league and racing organization does it the first one was six years second one was eight years this past one is ten years. Like NASCAR for a long time has been trying to move towards this. So I, if you're asking me, I fully expect it to be 10, you know, if they could make it longer than 10 for the stability aspect, they probably would. Um, What I'm going to be interested in though, is if you remember back to the current deal being signed up when they negotiated it in 2012, originally Fox sports, I believe it was had signed on only for eight years and NBC had signed on for 10. Now Fox, you know, went back to the table and and they they renegotiated to fit with the NBC deal. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised being how some different broadcasters might be in different positions. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, yeah, Fox signs on for 10 more years, but ESPN's only jumping on for eight, you know, and then the second half of the season. There, I, I think that this deal because of how important it is nascar will probably try and go outside the box even if it means that they have to renegotiate parts of it later um but again like the reckless speculation aspect is what i'm going to have the most fun with man i i don't care if it's just a little rumor or not we'll put it in a rumor mill segment i don't care I'm, chat's I'm already ahead of you we have nascar on mlb network nascar on mtv nascar on pbs nascar on the out of the group podcast nascar on nickelodeon nascar on food network nascar on history channel nascar on mtv when it nascar on nascar on tbs actually sounds fun yeah nascar on the nascar weekly podcast on out of the group network nascar on the f1 nascar on the f1 channel yeah but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i mean you know we can't look too far ahead because we still got a race this weekend but it's gonna be fun to look Mm -hmm. ahead man well you know you said we got a race this weekend let's look ahead at it it's time for the fontana preview let's do it all right get into it the we have two races this weekend no truck series they get a week off already can you believe it those those of course lazy people of course uh xfinity races is the production alliance 300 this will be 150 laps start time Huh? Production Alliance 300. Uh, that's just that's a name. the name. I, I don't. I don't name him. I just read it. At least it's not beef. What's for dinner type. That's name. a great name. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. That's a fantastic. Production name. Alliance 300. 150 laps. This bad boy is going to start at five o'clock p.m. Eastern time, which means that is actually going to be two p.m. California time. If anyone is going to be at that race, you can catch that race on FS1 and listen to it on MRN. As for the weather, kind of chilly for Southern California. Mm. We got a high temperature of 66 degrees on Saturday, but there will be plenty of sun as it is in Southern California, only a 2% chance of rain. The defending winner of this race 
you got to go all the way back to 2020. Is Harrison Burton no longer in the that series? Mm-hmm. God, uh, I was so, at that race. Yeah, weekend. we were both at the race, Eric. Yeah, yeah, we were there. It's been two years. Yeah. Gosh. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm thinking about that race. He battled out Riley Herbst to win that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Herbst. Back when a Herbst favorite. was in a Gibbs car, if I remember correctly, he was. Yes, he but, was. But is Herbst a favorite now? No, no. <laughs> we'll, oh, see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and as for the Cup race, you asked about the first name, Eric. The Wise Power Four Hundred. Mm, no longer the Auto Club Four Hundred. Two hundred laps. Something? This race will start at three thirty p.m. Eastern Time on Fox, and you can listen to it on MRN. Weather a little bit warmer, high of 73 degrees, partly sunny and pleasant, only a 2% chance of rain. Uh, defending winner of this one is Alex Bowman going back to 2020. This is that first race at Auto Club since 2020. It has been two years since we have raced this track, so lots of things to look at. And Eric is going to especially love listening to the commentary because I'm sure he wants to dive into how his boy, Matt Kenseth, does in the booth. What, what do you think about that, Eric? So I, I don't remember if I said this last year, where I said this, but I'm shocked that he took this. I, I never would have thought Matt Kenseth would do TV, even for just a one-off, one race. So I think I think he's going to have a few – I think I said this somewhere. He's going to have a few great lines where everyone's going to look back, mm-hmm. remember it, meme it. They're going to be like, oh, that mm-hmm. was funny, or that was clever, or that was savage, whatever. He's going to have a few great lines, and then the rest of the time – it's not going to flow very well. He's going to kind of feel awkward. Stuart kind of had that feeling this year, but I think, or this last week in, at Daytona, I think Kenseth will be a little worse. I know he's good friends with Boyer, uh, and I'm sure he at least has a relationship with Mike Joy. He's, obviously, they've been around the sport a long time. So uh, I think he'll be okay, but I don't think he'll be great aside from a few great moments. That's Probably a reason they oh. only got him on for one, where Tony, they had him for two guaranteed. Danica, they got her for two guaranteed. I read well, part of an article. I couldn't read the whole thing because it was behind a paywall, and I'm not subscribing to the Milwaukee Journal or whatever it was, but he did an yeah. interview with them, and he actually mentioned he might run a couple super late mile races, including Slinger again this oh. summer, so he's not done. Oh. But he mentioned that when it comes to this race, his number one goal is he just doesn't want to come off as like a dork. I think that was what he said. <laughs> he said, I so, don't want to sound like a dork. I was I was listening uh, on the driving back uh, the other day, or was it yesterday? Whatever. Driving back, I was listening to uh, the fan segment for the Dale Jr. Download, and he actually said that Matt Kenseth, he he went out of his way to text Matt because they're like, did Matt ask you for advice? He goes, no, I gave him some. I just didn't ask him, uh, or he didn't ask me for it. And um, He's going to need it. <laughs> when, he, when he asked Matt Kenseth, why are you doing this? Apparently, Kenseth was like, Money. I just need to get out. No, he said, I need. I just need to get out of my comfort zone. He's like, I want to be out of my comfort zone and try something new. Um, Drive a next gen car. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Matt Kenseth. I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. him and, I mean, let's be real. Him and Junior like were have been They're really fair. good friends. But yeah, at least they, yeah, they've known each other for a while. And and I'll say that uh, Junior did mention that he's like, eh, we might be able to call him up. He might be able to fly out this week. So just keep an eye out on that, Eric. Um, Oh wait, Kenseth oh. in an Xfinity car? What are we talking about? No, on the about? Dale Jr. download. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't The thing, the thing that Jr. had said though was he's like, the, he goes, the thing I'm most scared about is that Matt's going to say a joke that nobody else understands is a joke, and is way more intelligent than anyone watching will understand. <laughs> I'm just afraid. I just, I just, I'm afraid he's going to accidentally roast somebody like, like in a not safe for TV way, like not cursing at him. But he's going to like, like, oh Matt, we don't like call people out like that. <laughs> you know, like, you remember that, that time when Mike Joy, Clint Boyer, and Jeff Gordon were all 
they didn't know, but they were laughing at the wrecked car of Eric Jones. That's just going to be <laughs> Matt Kenseth on purpose if Logano wrecked. No, but but he'll just go. <laughs> I, I'll let you know. I'm going to have a blast watching this race, though. I even if he's awkward as all hell, I'm going to have a blast. Oh, like yeah. it, I don't he's it. been. Matt Kenseth was largely radio silent during his driving career. Getting to hear him on a hot mic for three and a half hours, I never thought I'd see the day. I'm hyped. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining. Definitely should be good. Now, before we get into uh, predictions for this weekend, Darian, you need to get us up to speed with the betting odds. Yes, that's right. Darian's betting odds. The famous betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I always got to add famous to someone else all the time. Uh, so here are the favorites for this weekend. Let's start off with those first. Kyle Larson is without a doubt the odds-on favorite entering this weekend at plus 400 to win the race. Uh, second is Kyle Busch at plus 800. Third is Chase Elliott, also plus 800. Fourth, Denny Hamlin plus 800. And rounding out the top five in terms of favorites, Martin Truex Jr. at plus 1,000. Now in the little part of this part of the segment, we also have best of the rest. About, you know, middle of the road in terms of betting odds and stuff. You know, some uh, key guys to watch out for in that in that range William Byron enters this weekend at plus 1200 followed by Alex Bowman and Joey Logano both at plus 1400 and finally my personal favorite the underdogs of the betting segment Austin Cedric the Daytona 500 winner enters this weekend at plus at plus 3,500 odds, uh, followed by Eric Almarola coming off the top five in the 500, plus 7,000. Bubba Walls coming off of his second runner-up in the Daytona 500 in five years, and it's this weekend at plus 8,000. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at plus 10,000. And finally, the biggest of them all, Joss Balicki, enters this weekend at plus 100,000 odds. Wow, I've never, yeah, I've never seen it. odds that big. I have not either. But yes. <laughs> I will say, you know, out of all those, you know, being the defending winner, Alex Bowman at plus 1,400, you put like five bucks on him, hey, watch out for that one. Right, and also one last thing too, uh, this was also last weekend was the first weekend of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League. We got to kick that off again. So I will go over the top five. Right now we have a tie after the first race between Toyota Tough and Trevor Sports 98. Shout out to Trevor Sports, he's in my Discord. Love that kid to death. Uh, they are both tied for the top spot at 211 points. And third is Bubba's Sports Mania Talk. At, at 199 points with Wizard Hook 188 also tied for third at 199 and rounding out the top five is RGP Racing 2 with 198 so really quick let's go over a few more notables I see Blue Jimmy is sitting in 18th I see Denny Delivers in 19th tied with Prime Speed my mom BFM mom 163 points tied for 23rd and I am way way back in the back uh, in 48th with 120 points. And uh, looking over the, the uh, fantasy thing, uh, we had roughly around, you know, 60, 65 people playing, and there were 35 others who didn't. So one, after the show, uh, I will kick those people, and if you want to play for the whole season, uh, you can definitely, uh, there will definitely be some room. So look for the uh, NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League to pop up in people's uh, little, in the uh, join session on the NASCAR Fantasy part of their website, and you can join as soon as I kick some of these 
people out. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for playing. Yeah, we can, um, we can probably put something in the comments afterwards, too, to let them know where mm -hmm. to go. Yep, yeah, yep, definitely. I'll send the link, yeah. I'm sitting here running 40th, but I am ahead of Danny B. Wife in 45. Nice. So I, I, it's, if, I can, if I can hold that lead, I'll be happy. One place I am not leading, though, <laughs> is the NWP <laughs> Fantasy League. Let's get into these pick points. In first place, even with us not even being live last week, the chat, chat. is in first with 28 points. Shout out to the chat, man. You guys are off to a good wow. start. Is this their first lapped lead in, in our poll history, in our, in our picks it, history? It might be. It's been a while mm -hmm. if they have. It, wow. And uh, they're just ahead of their old adversary, Darian, in mm -hmm. second, minus five. Eric is in third, minus seventh. Jarrett is in fourth, minus eight. And Danny B is just creeping. He's crashed to pieces. <laughs> minus 20. How low he has run can you himself go? over. How low can you go? <laughs> Let's get into this. We will go in the order of where we are in the standings aside from the chat, of course. Let's get into this. The Xfinity winner starting with Darian. Who you got? Hey, look. I'm going to have a simple strategy for the Xfinity series all season. When in doubt... Always pick Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs, of course, is going to start his dominance. I said he would start his dominance at Daytona, and he did have some nice moments, but again, it's Daytona. Now we're going to a skill-based track, a track with that requires actual skill. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go Whoa. that far. But yeah, y'all know what I mean. Uh, so I have Ty Gibbs winning this weekend. You can't. You gonna pick? There's 33 races this year. Gonna I'm not gonna Ty pick Gibbs. him for for every race, but come on. I mean, it's gonna be hard not to pick him, though. You know what I mean? He's so gonna good. have a horrible year. Darian's gonna jinx him. He's <laughs> gonna go winless like Harrison Burton did last year. That's my. That's that's gonna shock the world. No, I, I'm. I'll go with. It's a wide track. It's a high speed track. Chance to slip and slide it. Let the back hang hang out a little bit. I'll go with Noah Gregson. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with a member of JRM, and I'm going simply because. Listen, we have not been at this track in two years. A lot of stuff's changed. Drivers have changed. I'm going to go off with the last two miler we were at, which was Michigan. Now, you would think that I would choose A.J. Allmendinger, but there was somebody who was way faster, got stuck on bad strategy, and he would have won had it not been for cautions late in the race. I'm going to go with Josh Berry. Josh Berry is my pick to get his first win of the year. Did win that mile and a half at Vegas late last year in the one car. Mm -hmm. Very decent picks by all you guys. You know, the last race one here was with Harrison Burton. He's no longer there. Second place was the Monster Energy Toyota of Riley Herbst. And, uh, you know, Monster Energy gives me two drivers to pick from, but of course I'm going to Ty Gibbs. I was about to you say, there's no tanking in this. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no tanking in this. You don't have to go with Herbst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with Ty Gibbs as well, just like Darian. Chat's been pretty mixed. I saw a lot of AJs early on, but yeah. now I'm realizing it's really only two people saying it. So we can do I need to put a poll up. To. Right. See, I'm surprised. See, it doesn't show up on the camera, but my breath is like in front of me right now because it's <laughs> oh my God. 49 degrees in here. Yeah, I'd say do a poll, Danny, with Ty Gibbs and AJ Almanagher because those are the most yeah, two I'm seeing in the chat. Just do Ty AJ. <laughs> that way it's just like the simplest one. Okay, click. Gives me a second to think about my my suck in Dark Horse picks for Cup. I guess, Darian, you can roll us off right now on your suck pick while we're doing this. Yep. Okay. So uh, while we get the, that squared away for the Cup Series, who is going to suck this weekend? Hmm. 
you know, I mean, it's still early. I mean, it's so early in the season. I mean, we don't know how everybody's going to run immediately. But, um, you know, Brad Keselowski, he didn't have, you know, the best, you know, I mean, like, yeah, he was up there and stuff. But, you know, he was, like, wrecking a lot of, you know, parts of the field, you know, during the race and stuff like that. I, I don't know. It's just, you know, this is his first year as a car owner, as a driver owner. Um, I really think, you know, it'll take some time for that team to really gel, especially at these uh, tracks that aren't super speedways. So I'm going to go with Brad Kozlowski as my suck pick just for this week. And if he happens to improve and stuff, get a top 10, then that'll be the last time I pick him. Just I'm a little weary on that team's performance outside of super speedways. I think that's a safe pick, but the Roush cars were just impressive enough at Daytona. I'll, I'll give them one more week. Now, I know coming into this year, I said that, hey, I'm, I'm, I can't pick a rookie to make the playoffs because they've let me down too much in recent years. Obviously, week one, a rookie goes out and wins and probably locks himself in the playoffs. But this week at Auto Club, I'm going to fall back on on my original strategy, even though it's already proven false. I think Austin Cindric struggles this week. I think mm-hmm. he's going to go from Daytona 500 winner to running like 18th, and it's going to be like, oh, okay, okay, he is a rookie after all. He's going to take it's going to take some time to learn some of the more technical tracks. Uh, my pick for the suck pick for Cup is someone who, while he had a good run in twenty in one of the 2020 races, has historically been pretty mediocre no matter what equipment he's in in the two-mile tracks. I'm going to go Bubba Wallace on this one. I, I don't see him uh, continuing his good mojo from Daytona. Um, I'm going with the guy who just started disappointing me all of last year, and even at Daytona, no reason for him to really have been off the pace as much as I thought he was. Cole Custer, you know, he, mm. he, he looked bad at Daytona. Just I, I saw him being laughed at Daytona and in an SHR car. You don't do that. You know, Cole Custer, I don't know. He's fell off a little bit, it seems like, and I don't see him doing good this weekend. Danny, who who do you think the chats got for uh, sucking this weekend? They definitely uh, picked Ty Gibbs as their Xfinity win pick, just retroactively. Yeah, in that one. Yeah, so Ty Gibbs, uh, the chat picks Ty Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their suck pick, they've been kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it ain't points. We can just it's not the most grab important. one and go. Mm-hmm. I see. I mean, Keselowski. I see Cole I've Custer. Seen... Gilliland, Bubba. Again, we, we can just. I'm saying Custer a lot. Yeah. Let's Custer. do that one. All right. We'll Going with one. the host with this one. Yeah. Now, who you guys got for your dark horses? Now, for my dark horse, I mean, I you know, a couple guys come to mind here. I'm really interested to see how 2311's performance on non-super speedways will be with Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. But I'm going to pick someone who else who who finished inside the top five, along with his teammate Eric Amarola in the 500, Chase Briscoe. I really want to see how, you know, what they can do on non-super speedways. Um, I, had him, uh, uh, I had him in to make the playoffs in my preseason thing. I even bumped out Austin Cendrick, and now that's already wrong there, so because Cendrick <laughs> in the playoffs now automatically with that 500 win but i'm really curious to see how chase briscoe will do on a non-super speedway and this will this maybe will set the tone for the rest of the season perhaps so chase briscoe i actually shock you i was actually gonna pick chase briscoe as well i'm surprised oh. that you, you went there as well what are the odds um so i'm trying to think of somebody else i can go with i i kind of want to you mentioned 2311 racing as a new team that we're going to be watching. Kurt Busch has gotten off to a really lousy start, honestly. Um, I imagine he'll turn it around this this week a little bit, but I'm not picking him. I'm going to go with Eric Jones. I think Petty GMS, another new team, showed great speed at the Clash, never really got a chance. I mean, Eric Jones was up in contention late in the 500 until he got wrecked. And I think Ty Dillon finished like a 10th or 11th. So they were in the mix, but not leading the pack. I'll say Eric Jones. Let's see what he can do. He's, yeah, I think he's got a good shot. 
Uh, as for me, I am somewhat agreeing with Darian. I'm going to go with an SHR driver. This driver, though, in his last three auto club finishes, finished 8th, 9th, and 12th. I don't think it set the world on fire, but I think it might be a continuing of a good start to the season. His final season, Eric Almirola. For me, I'm going with uh, Team Chevrolet having a lot of speed this weekend. Uh, specifically, I think Tyler Reddick has a good shot at getting a top five, maybe even being contention for the win. But I'm just going to say he's an underdog to watch out for uh, this weekend. So Tyler Reddick, I think, has a good run. I think the chat's actually going with Harrison Burton. I've seen yeah, I see a lot of Burton. Yeah. Burton. Yeah. Might as well I'll just put, put him Burton. Down. Yeah, just put Burton. Okay. Right. And now we're at that park for the, for the pick points. Who's going to win? Who's going to win at Auto Club this weekend? They're going to be glad when you're off my microphone. Yeah, he just keeps going <laughs> in the red. That's all he's seeing. Your, micro, your, your usual microphone, Darian, cuts out during the painful parts. Yeah. This one doesn't. <laughs> i got to adjust on it some more. All right, so I'll go first. You know, I had it between two guys. Last time we were here, yes, Alex Bowman did win, but he wasn't the most dominant car that day. Oh, wait, what? No, how, no, he was oh, wait how many dominant. laps did he lead? He led a lot. a lot. Okay, okay, all right. So, excuse me. The second most dominant car that day happened to be Ryan Blaney running the uh, Kobe Bryant tribute scheme. Uh, that was cool to see. And I thought Blaney was going to win, but then he had some problems on pit road and all that stuff. So, put him a little further back, but he still finished runner-up. And also... Um, another favorite I had was Kyle Larson, the defending champion. Uh, he knows how to get away around the Auto Club Speedway, um, but I'm going to go with the safe pick here. Kyle Larson, I think, will get his first win of 2022. This car is supposed to, you know, promote, you know, driver talent, and right now Kyle Larson is the best driver in NASCAR right now. Uh, so I think he'll win. He'll get his first win of 2022. I was thinking about picking Blaney, but I picked him to win the 500. I didn't want to do that back to back. And because uh, I was thinking about that, you know, he won uh, or he ran really well at Auto Club in 2020, and then he won at Michigan last summer. But this rules package and this car completely different than what would they race in either of those races now i do think penske and ford has momentum they've won the first two races of the season if you include the duels ford has won all four races this season so i think it's going to be a ford driver you mentioned driver talent yeah maybe larson has the slight edge right now but i think joey logano is going to win at auto club this weekend uh in front of matt kenseth in the booth that's going to be the great (laughs) irony of it all for for my pick um I looked at this guy from 2011 to 2020, and this man is far and away the best driver at this track. Exclude the 25th place outlier in 2016, and let me read you off his finishes at this track. Third, second, first, first, eighth, third, first, and second. Kyle Busch, in my opinion, is the obvious answer with this one. No one has been as consistent at this track as him. Consistently in the top three in all but two of the last ten races at this track. Doesn't matter the package. Doesn't matter what generation of car. Kyle Busch is always going to be competitive at this track as long as no one gets in his way or wrecks him or anything. And I think that's going to happen again here. I think Kyle Busch is going to get on track really early on the season and and basically not be in the position he's been the last two years of having to go through the good majority of the spring having to get that first win. Admittedly, I'd like to see this guy get another win. But as Eric was saying, that setup they had in 2020 is so much different than now and well, they basically had the car prepared by God that weekend. It, it was just fast from as soon as they unloaded up the, up the truck. But uh, I'm going to say Hendrick, Chevy, does good. But like Darian said, Kyle Larson is going to be 
who I say is going to win the race this weekend. And I think the chat agrees with you. I mean, I've seen a lot of yeah. Larson. I see a lot of fives. It's and, fully Larson. <laughs> yeah, it's totally Larson. I mean, I see, you know, Blaney, and I saw Bush pop up every now and then, but consistently it's Larson, so you might as well give it. And, yeah, me and the chat have the same picks, too, so I won't be able to gain on them, you know, no matter what. Oh, it's, it's, it's their strategy. They're playing yeah. early defense. I have different picks. Yeah. We'll see what chat, happens. Boo, chat. I Eric and I are the ones who have different picks. Danny and, and Darian have the same as the chat. So oh, me, me and Eric I, I are once points, again in so it I'm riding it. wherever he's going. <laughs> There's a chance you to make or break you, week for us, Jared. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying the, the poor Kyle Larson and poor chat, they have the one who's tanking right now, and they have the one who jinxes everybody <laughs> on their side. Like, and a full transparency, even though he's sitting here with me, we did not discuss our pick. No, we we, just, it yeah, just worked just out that way. It just happened. <laughs> I just think I just think it's funny. I'm just it's funny. Okay. All right. We're keeping you behind us, Darian. Look, the chat's admitting that they're conspiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course they are. Hey, I don't blame them. It's a good strategy. So Hey, we're like RFK and Penske. We have to bend the rules of this <laughs> <laughs> and not get penalized for them. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. that's that's uh that's it for the picks. Um and here's the point where we redirect super chats. But again, Darian can attest to this. Sometimes YouTube is weird. Mm-hmm. It glitched out, and I lost all the super chats except for two. So unfortunately, I've only got two super chats to read. But in good news, we're above 50 degrees finally. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. That's nuts. <laughs> um, but I, hey, I will say, because YouTube did this and messed up, hey, I appreciate everyone who donated tonight. Uh, every, every week, you guys support one of the four of us. We always appreciate that. In this case, it's, I'm hosting this week, so greatly appreciate everyone who supports the show, supports my channel this week. Very much appreciated. We wouldn't be doing this without the support of you guys watching each week, donating. It, it's all uh, thanks to you guys for what we were able to do. Mm-hmm. So let's read these last two. Gavin Adcock of $5. Appreciate that, Gavin. He says, is it just me, or is the plate racing in the heat games actually really good? At least mm-hmm. it's better than the train racing that we actually have. Yeah, that, that is one thing we, we could say. We've all played NASCAR hate games. They did a great mm-hmm. job to plate racing in that, didn't they, guys? Yeah, nah, and especially online, too. It was always fun. It was yeah, a good best part. representation of what you wanted it to be, if that makes sense. Uh, Samuel McDaniel coming in with $5. Appreciate that donation. Uh, this is a question going to Eric. says, Eric, what are your thoughts on Matt Kenseth being in a broadcast booth for Fontana this weekend, and how do you think he'll do? You kind of already mentioned that, but do you want to say something else? I, I think he'll be all right. Like I said, he'll have a few good moments. The rest of the time, he'll be kind of meh, but I'm excited. And real quick, before we uh, get out of here on that last thing, Blue Jimmy 48 fan. Hi, Blue Jimmy. Coming in as a member for 10 months. Appreciate that. Rocking in the Danny B. Super fans. And uh, he says, I'm waiting on that junior impression, Jarrett. All right. Oh, we got Garnwall! <laughs> he was doing that Garnwall in four! <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It, literally, it happened. And, and Darren's like, oh, oh, And I'm like, we got Garnwall! <laughs> what happened to Drew Dollar? He got the ball! <laughs> on the wall. Twice <laughs> in the same day. I hope if Dale Jr. ever sees this, he knows that I'm a huge fan of his, and it's all in, yeah. in fun. <laughs> Uh, one more thing here. Alex Vivero is coming in with $10 and appreciate that. And he said, my chat was saying we need to sponsor Ryan Vargas 6 car if possible. Yeah, I think he mentioned something like, oh, get the podcast to sponsor him or something like that. Eh. Full rap, I think is what he said. Yeah. 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 It'd, be, it'd be nice if we could do that one day. Yeah, we'll maybe out have, of the groove, something like that. Just have to see Horse what happens me. one day. Horse with me? Yeah. But yeah. That's fun. All Good right. fun well, show. 
hey, yeah. appreciate everyone for tuning in. You know, I've been off for two weeks. Do we have Dale call still? Oh, hey, Adam Smith, thanks for the Canadian $2.79. Who will finish sixth in this race? Uh, very specific. Oh, it's a simple, easy, easy, easy pick. It's Austin Dillon. Yeah, Austin Dillon. Why not? Okay. Yeah. But also, hey, Jared, mine's starting to break too. I can see this is about to snap off. Yeah, they're they're not made with durability. <laughs> but oh, also, before we head off next weekend, um, um, uh, for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, next week, join us uh, on Wednesday night, March 2nd, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Icebergs channel. Yes. So we'll be uh, back on that channel. We'll go over everything that happened right. at Fontana and get you set up for next week's race. All right. And uh, I'll I'll let De- I'll let uh, Eric blow his deal call because he's sitting there waiting impatient. Blow I'm it. Gonna, I'm gonna do it right into the microphone. All right. Okay. Oh, he kind of he kind of went out last. All right. See you guys. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Holy moly. Take off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Hell yeah! Great job, man! Now we got a crash! Car spinning left and right! Buddy, let her rip! Rain like hell, baby! Come on! Oh my god, guys! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! You guys are the best! Yes, 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 yes! Oh, what a year! Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.